And now, the debut for your listening pleasure, here exclusively on Zero Doinks, the new Bears victory song, courtesy of Coach Cuse, Bill Doinks, and both of their children. This is Such Great Heights, Bear Down Now.
that song's going to be a hit. Coming up on this week's Zero Doinks, the Bears get their fourth win of the year after slaying Tom Brady and his band of Buccaneers. Tom, how many downs are there, man, you old ass? Wow, that was weird. We'll talk all about that game as well as preview this Sunday's Big Tilt against the Red Hot Carolina Panthers. We will give you gambling angles. Rick Fieldsman's going to visit for some of that. We will give you fantasy football angles with Bears Fantasy Corner plus much, much more there. Hams and eggs, we visit Iowa to talk with the college football expert. He's going to give us some hot things going on in Ames. Plus, much, much more. Probably a little bit of White Sox talk for Keep Rental Free. See ya. Coming up, a Dykes. Zero doinks. 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 Todd Bowles, everybody thinks about him being a guy who brings a lot of blitz, and he does. But typically, they're on first and second down. Not a big blitz guy on third down. Good protection. Vaughn, incomplete. Big hit by Kyle Fuller. I really think that since this was ruled incomplete on the the field, that you need to stay because he doesn't really have full control of the ball, to me, when that first foot was on the ground. After review, the receiver caught the ball, was hit and fumbled. Was recovered by Chicago at the 27-yard line. It'll be first and 10 for the Bears at that spot. Just got it away. This is clipped from Montgomery. Perfect throw by Foles. 38-yard try, and again, Bears fans know nothing is a given with the kicking game here recently. Santos got it. Fourth down and five. Brady, pass is broken up, incomplete, and the Chicago Bears are going to take over. I don't know, Brady, I think he, the way Brady reacted and hold up his fourth, I think he thought it was third down. If Brady's still standing out there. But that's fourth down, and it's Chicago's ball, and that's the end of the night, and there may be some confusion out on the field to beat them here for my first win as a Chicago Bear for me is really emotional just how everything's happened this last year so a uh, great team win and um, you know super emotional about it Nick ball dot did his thing big Nick did his thing I love that man Zendikes welcome to yet another episode this one's gonna be red hot they're all red hot but this is coming off a win a lot of big energy how you doing dan i'm doing great buddy this is yeah we're off to a hot start feels like the bears played about five weeks ago playing the box so uh i don't love that but i had a lot of fun watching the bears beat thom brady thom yes. brenneman brady add an h thom don't be shy I want to start it off with the question for you dan that i threw out there on twitter we had some great responses i want to know your response to this because i asked on twitter when cairo santos was lining up for the 38 yarder i was thinking blank what were you thinking uh, i mean i think i'm like every other bears i thought he was missing that bitch 
just we're we're so beaten down. I thought he was missing it, and I, I and I had convinced myself I'm, like, I'm not even going to be mad. I'm just going to laugh it off. I'm going to have my twelfth beer and just go to bed. <laughs> How about you? What were you thinking? Yeah, I was thinking of Cody Parkey. I really was. I was thinking about that moment because wasn't his a thirty-seven yarder from the same hash or thereabouts? Maybe I may have a couple yards wrong here, but it just looked like the exact same angle. It felt like a really big moment in the season, and I I don't trust Cairo Santos. At least I didn't until that kick. Ah, I, st- I, I feel great, though. Now I feel great. Not at the moment. He doesn't shake me up. I, I don't think I get overly nervous with him than I do anyone else. I want to say Parkey's was 43 yards, right? That's what that seems okay. to stick out in my mind is 43, okay. but potato potato, Bill. Potato fucking potato. That's what people yeah. say, right? I think they do. A lot of a lot of talk about the potatoes here in Illinois. Uh yeah, I think I I just have PS PTSD. I think that's the proper thing. There was a lot of Bears fans that responded to that to the at @zeradunks Twitter handle that expressed a lot of confidence they were feeling going into it. I don't believe any of you. I don't believe any of you. Because I don't care who's kicking. That could have been Adam Vinatieri during his prime. We've been stung as Bears fans, and it sticks with you like an old piece of gum. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess this year, though, it feels like we're – we're always in the mix, so I had an odd sense of confidence, I guess, that we're going to pull it out. So I, I was feeling pretty good about it, but I also – I I was pretty drunk. I, I casually mentioned that. I was really drunk, so that also helped. It was sort of like I'm up a lot of fun, so if he makes it, I'm going to have more fun. If he misses it, I'm going to pass out. So that it is, yeah, good, good for him, good for him. Yeah. Carlos Santos, they play that clip on ESPN all the time, or is it the score? One of them with John Fox calling him Carlos. Carlos Santos has a bit of a groin. Is that right? It sounds right. Yeah. Well, John Fox is an idiot. And I regret to tell you right now, Dan, but he is behind you. There is a horny John Fox humping the air over your right shoulder right now. Oh, let me hump your shoulder. Hump, 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 hump. I'm John Fox. I don't. I hate the media, but I'm in the media. Hump, hump, hump. It's a great impression. It sounded just Thank like you. him. I have a couple other questions for you, Dan. When you saw Nick Foles energetically explaining, debating, I'm not really sure, with Matt Nagy on the sideline, what ran through your head? Nothing. I think Bears Twitter took off with that and thought, oh, what a leader. I think he's just talking to his coach, right? And the only thing that made it worse is Mitch coming over and having like a like your dog with that confused look trying so hard to figure out what you're what you're telling him. The like tilted head that looked like Mitch. What? We could just openly talk, but I didn't read into it as much. I felt like Twitter were just they're just beside themselves. Oh, he's such a leader. He is such a hog. What did you think? I mean, I I like to see it, but yeah, if you can't really, you can't hear what he's saying, so I don't know. I mean, I guess one of my thoughts was, well, Mitch would never approach Nagy the same way because 
I my guess is Foles already understands the offense better than than Mitch does. And my thought too was that's a carryover from Foles expressing something like he he wanted to just go with that that drive right, and then Nagy insisted on getting some substitutions and getting his play in when Foles was like, no, I see a mismatch, let's just keep rolling with it. So to me. I felt confident that Foles knows what's going on, and I wouldn't have felt the same way with Mitch. Yeah, there probably is a bit more back and forth. It's more how I read it that Nagy said, what, what did you see there? What did you like? What did you not like? And Foles was very concise in what he saw and what he thinks, you know, w- what direction they should head, where I'm sure he goes to Mitch with the same things, and Mitch just goes, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just seeing, I'm seeing things. I, I don't know. Another good impression. You're on fire right now. You oh, baby, are. I'm on fire. You are on fire. All right, during the final drive for the Bears offense, do you have any thoughts on Matt Nagy's decision to call a pass to A-Rob, which was another 50-50 ball that the DB for Tampa made a great play on? I know Troy Aikman was, like, beside himself wondering what the hell the Bears were doing instead of just running some clock. What would you think? What would you think? And did you have a different thought, like, as it was happening versus when you knew the result? I hated it in the moment, and I hate. I still hate it. Okay, if you want to throw a pass, I mean, why are you throwing it deep on the right in that moment when we've had issues specifically with Robinson and jump balls in the last few games? I thought that was really risky. Could you imagine if we turned it over there? Oh, my God. Oh, baby, that would have been bad. So I would have thought, like, just get a few extra yards, maybe over the middle if you wanted, but it definitely, you know, you talk about PTSD. Anytime you have to deal with Thom Brady, you think, oh, boy, we're going to give him a lot of time here. We could have – could have tick 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 Ooh, that was an impression of a clock we could have taken a little bit more time off the clock but it ended up obviously not not it didn't matter in the end thank god no you're right yeah i i felt similarly i thought at the moment i'm like what the fuck what are we doing and then it was incomplete i almost felt relief that it was incomplete versus what you were saying could you imagine if it were picked off we all would have lost our fucking mind. So yeah, I was with Troy. Troy, he came down pretty hard on, I guess, Nagy without calling Nagy out about the risk reward quotient. Um, but I, at that point I was more nervous just generally about the future field goal that was coming. So I don't know. I was a mess. I was a hot mess. And you're right. I mean, just being a bears fan, nothing feels safe. I mean, any field goal between 20 and 75 feels kind of the same doesn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't really doesn't matter we're gonna be a bit uncomfortable unless you've had a million beers and then you don't worry about it as much because you're drunk oh yeah sticking with the offense for a little bit more so Nagy on Monday came down really hard I'm not really sure on who if it was on the players if it was on the coaching staff but essentially he sounded very angry that the players aren't detail-oriented as much as they should be with his offense and the coaches need to do a better job teaching I left that feeling weird like it seemed like it was he had an agenda basically he wanted to put something out there on Monday why what do you think how'd you feel I'm worried these are start these press conferences for Nagy are starting to pile up oh, I'm not running the ball enough oh we're not detailed enough oh the quarterback needs to be better 
it's feeling like a lot of excuses coming from him, right? A lot of maybe not excuses, but just a lot of complaints. And at some point, man, it falls on you. Like if you're if the details aren't perfect throughout the entire team, you run that shit up to the top. That falls on you, Matthew Nagy. I I felt uncomfortable about it. I didn't really understand it. It seemed to kind of come out of nowhere after a win that he seemed more upset than I would have guessed. Yeah, no, I think that's that's very fair. I heard uh, Mark Podash, is that his name? Is that the right thing? One of the Sun-Times guys that was complimenting him on the radio today So it's for being transparent after a 4-1 start, and I thought – you're just you're eating exactly what Matthew Nagy's putting out there, buddy. You're a veteran. Don't buy into that. Yeah, it's like he's basically out of excuses, Nagy, at this point. He's got his quarterback. Now it's it is it should be on Nagy, right? Yeah, and the offense wasn't that much better, right? I mean, we we got a win because our defense looked awesome. They looked like the defense of old, but I'm not 20 points i mean we're still it's all so hard so it's everything is so difficult still we still can't run the ball the offensive line looked shaky again we we have a way of pulling these things out except for nick nick falls but our offense still doesn't look great he can be upset all he wants but at some point it's like dude this is on you man what i i was thinking about that this weekend like how many more games are we going to give him an ex- Nick Foles an excuse for like, oh he didn't have a preseason he's with the new squad. Is this I, I in my mind I have like, there's no more excuses after this Carolina game. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, and that may be generous. Honestly, that's his. That'll be his uh, third start. Yeah, that'll be his third start. I feel third like. Third start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to see exactly what the offense can be with this, you know, supposed genius that we hired a few offensive genius that we hired a few years ago in Matt Nagy with a guy who knows his offense, who's won a Super Bowl and he has a giant penis. So yeah, I'm done with the excuses. I th- I think excuse time's over starting Sunday at noon. I assume it's at noon. Yes, it's at noon. The other big news, uh, I don't know if we're moving past the offense yet, is you know. James Daniels getting hurt is a no bueno. That's not good. Alex Bars came in and immediately looked like dog shit. And I like Alex Bars. I feel like that was an under-the-radar guy out of college who I wanted to see him play more, but it sounds like there's not a ton of confidence there. I guess Castillo today made a comment, something along the lines. They asked about Alex Bars, and they he said he's a good kid and he works hard. So if you read between the lines, we're looking elsewhere. So I don't know. That's a that's a problem. That's a big problem right there. That is. That is a problem. That was one of Harry Heastead's guys from Notre Dame. So you wonder if uh, Juan Castillo with a uh, a clean slate doesn't like bars as much as, as Harry did. Uh, that sounded weird. Yeah, James Daniels, that's a bummer because he was a developing talent. You, you hate to see him lose you know 11 games in in playing experience plus a playoff run to the super bowl so that does suck are there guys like out on the street that that uh, Juan castillo is targeting i wonder i wonder what they'll do ted larson wasn't he he was with 
he's on the street. I saw a lot of that chatter on Twitter. I I don't know enough free agent. I don't know enough about the offensive line free agent market. We didn't we just tra- draft a ham and pig or what? What is it? Fatso and <laughs> liver lips. What What were the two guys we drafted? Are they going to get into the mix? They're, I think they're going to have to, right? Yeah. A couple dudes from small colleges, at least one guy, I think, right? So, yeah, I guess they'll have an opportunity if Alex Bars continues to just be a good guy and not a good blocker. We'll see. All right. So let's stay with Notre Dame and we'll stay on the offense and we got to move on. Mm. Cole Komet, still alive? Mm, still invisible. I know people are, um, some people are panicking on Twitter. I saw calling him a bust already. Let's relax on that a little bit. I would say let's give let's give the guys a chance. Still, I mean, you can't argue. We all want to see more. Of course, I don't even know how many snaps he was out there for. Do you? I I know I don't know either because I think that was a uh, touch point with Nagy. Is I need to get him out there more. The two yeah two things that did not work in in our favor with Komet is Adam Shaheen scoring a touchdown on Sunday, which nearly broke bears twitter and then that chase claypool with the the his teammate at notre dame with the with the steelers who had a huge game stay tuned for fantasy corner you might hear him come up again Ooh, tease. Uh, i don't know why i said it in that voice i liked it but I, the, yeah bears bears twitter in full meltdown mode over cole Komet, and i'm not there yet i'm worried i'm worried i don't mostly because of all the hype he got during preseason or lack thereof the practices and how amazing he was and he's just completely irrelevant it's a little concerning it is a little concerning and once again i will continue to eat shit over my jimmy graham hate after that fucking awesome catch in the in the end zone the one-handed catch was beautiful so jimmy graham just keep shoving it right in my dick hole baby just keep doing it I love it. You're you're a man of your word. At least, you know, that's what we do at Zero Ducks. We put out some really bad takes sometimes. We freely admit it, but we'll eat it. Unlike, you know, Skip Bayless or Brad Biggs or Dan Weeder. That's who I blame, actually, for the Cole Komet hype. That's Dan Weeder's fault. Fuck you, Dan. Fuck you, you weird. Get a blue check mark. He would. How much would he, do you think he would pay for a blue check mark? You know, he's oh, tried. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. What does the guy like that have to offer, though? I love the thought that Twitter won't give him a blue check mark because there's a, another account that's very close to his, <laughs> and it just creates too much confusion that they just refuse to give out a blue check mark. Have we mentioned the other Dan Weeder account on Twitter? On no. Here? I I have no idea what you're talking about, Dan. I what what's going on there? Well, we'll just leave it at that. Good luck searching it on Twitter, fellas and ladies. Ooh, big demographic, ladies. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you out there. That's fantastic. All right, let's flip over now that we're done with Notre Dame talk. Uh, the defense, they were amazing again, mostly. Khalil Mack, that was incredible. Kyle Fuller, fantastic. Who am I forgetting, Dan? I mean, those, those two jump out at me most just with their with the big play quotient. Is that the second time I've said quotient? Shut up, math guy. I don't know. Uh, anywho, uh, what do you think of the defense performance? The defense looked great. 
Mac was his old. He just he looked like he was playing pissed off, which was so awesome to see. What did he have? Like five or six quarterback pressures, three quarterback hits, two sacks. I don't know if the does a quarterback hit and a sack are they count the same or is mm. a is a quarterback hit just you hit him but you didn't sack him? Mm. I don't know. Know that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Danny Trevathan led the team with eight tackles, which was good to see. Roquan with a rough game. Yeah. His his tackling on a f- the few of the big runs were were concerning, but he you know what? It is what it is. He's been awesome this year. Yep. But uh you know, I thought the defense looked great. There's still bend don't break mode, but they they were they were applying the pressure, which is what we've been we've been waiting for. But th- that Bucks offense, wow, are they they fucking banged up. I mean, I'm a huge Gopher fan, and Tyler Johnson, the rookie wide receiver who didn't get a ton of play this year, led the team with 61 yards receiving. So I didn't hate it, but I don't know. And then they gave up a lot on the ground, 106 yards to Ronald Jones, but most of that was on that was that, that first drive run where he broke out and had – 11 billion yards i don't know i didn't write down how many that one was i <laughs> know i think that's true i think they extended the field during covid times i think that's accurate yeah i was thinking of johnson so to speak when um he had a great he actually looked really good i thought i bet he's gonna earn some tick he's awesome he was awesome in college and he dropped for he dropped in the draft for like uh personality concerns or what what do I want to say off the field trouble which was like non-existent it was kind of just it was really strange nobody would follow it unless you're a gopher fan but it was really odd and he, that's why he dropped and I would have taken him on the bears same with uh Winfield Jr. I mean he's he's been great this year and he was out there a little bit didn't make any massive plays that I can recall but I was also drunk so correct me if I'm wrong Bill no, I didn't see it either. I uh, yeah, he caught my eye too. But I I had forgotten that there were so many gophers based on your trip through Tampa that you took us during the preview. Oh, I cannot wait to get to the Carolina preview. My ears are open, buddy. But that's coming up next. We're still talking about Bears Bucks. Let's talk about that Fuller hit on former Vanderbilt guy, not a line eye, Keyshawn Vaughn across the middle. I did not catch at the moment that that might have been a fumble like I was I was starting to feel my beers as well it didn't even occur to me that that might have been a fumble what a pleasant surprise incredible hit by full like the perfect hit by fuller given modern football right you're so right it was as good of a hit as you can make I mean separating him from the ball timing it perfectly I mean when they threw that flag I thought when I first saw it, I thought it was like helmet to helmet. I was like, oh, fuck, that's a Kyle Fuller move right there. And then when they showed the replay, I was like, oh, he hit him with his shoulder, and it definitely looks like he fumbled. I was shocked that they picked up the flag and that they actually ruled a fumble. I thought no way would they do both of those things. So, And that, that flipped the game. That flipped the momentum, and that was awesome. That's that's something you see on the jumbotron. They still call them jumbotrons in sure. stadiums. Yeah. That's what you see in the hype video for 2021 Bears next year. It's like 
right at the end or right at the beginning. It just gets you the blood flowing in your pants. Nick Foles, I'm going to keep doing this voice. I love that voice. And shout out to Robert Quinn for being heady enough to pick up the ball on that fumble yes, too. Yes, yes, good get call. Us the, yeah, that was that was a little bit lost. That was that was awesome. So yeah, that that did that totally flipped the game. You went from thirteen seven, maybe getting it on a punt to fourteen thirteen. The ability to have a short field make it fourteen yep. thirteen very yep. quickly. That was awesome. Do you have any more thoughts on the defense, Dan? I don't think so. They were okay. they were great. Just want to keep seeing more of that, and if we can get our offense better than average, we're we're in, we're going to be a sexy team nationally. I feel like people are starting to get a little revved up on the Bears, but I mean, a lot of that's beating Tom Brady too. They see they beat and Tom Brady doing that fourth down was it fourth down thing at the end of the game. Look, I was pretty confident they were not they were not going to score at the end there. I felt like our defense was on fire. And that they were, you know, I just don't feel like Tampa had the weapons to make it happen. Only Brady's the one that scares you. But, you know, I felt like that overshadowed the Bears win a little bit, you know, immediately on Friday. It's like, oh, Tom Brady's getting old. He, can't, he doesn't know how many downs are in. Just a weird move that he didn't know that. But, yeah, Bears, Bears. Can we – you want to talk – I know we talked about – uh Carlos Santos and his groin. Can we talk a little bit more special teams? Yes, that's exactly where I was headed before you, we okay. go to the. Uh, what do you got? You go first. Player of the week. No, okay. I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I yeah, Cairo Santos. He was great. Let's cross that off. Um, so I think we were being trolled on Twitter by somebody that we rip on a lot. Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson, who put out there that CPAT is the best kick returner in NFL history. Put that out there Thursday night. Did you see that? No, and that would have pissed me off. We're, yes. we're going to the same place, but yeah. I did not see that in particular. So he put that out there, and I, I ignored it at the time because, you know, the hams are absolutely slapping, and then the Bears worked their way to a dub. And But I want to do some research on this because I thought – and he was very specific. He said kick returner, not like kicker, like are all returns. Like don't yeah. – you know, don't factor in punts or anything like that. So he, So he actually, to his credit – he is he's in third place overall in the history of the NFL in kick returns for touchdowns behind Josh Cribbs, Leon Washington, who had eight. He has seven. Then there's like a bunch of bums behind him, but Gil Sayers is behind him with six and he played like three games, basically, right? So Gil Sayers would be the best kickoff returner. But we said this last week. It's like if if CPAT is the greatest kick returner of all time, that just means that you need better kick returners. I don't think it's necessarily a compliment to CPAT. You know what I mean? It's like a it's a backhanded compliment. What do you think of that? Do you still stand by it? That's weird. Okay, so the Bears, I think the Bears social media put out a graphic that CPAT had a hundred three kick returns for a hundred and nineteen yards on Thursday. Does that sound right? Maybe. Do you count him leaving the end okay. zone? Do you count those as yards? Good. So let's say that we're not, all right? So I'm doing a little math here, pat myself on the back. So 119 yards off three kick returns. So we're – and if we're taking out what we would have gotten just on the touchback, so that would have been 75 yards, right? Don't we bring it out to the 25 now? Yeah. 
Yep. So that's 44 extra yards he provided if we're not including the yards that he was deep in the end zone, which I, they do count those, right? I guess. Does that make like, sense? Oh, yeah, they do no, have like a record. But, like yes, 109 yeah. yards is the yes. record that he is tied with. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so if we're not considering like him – if we're just taking it like from the goal line is when the yardage starts. That's 14 extra yards per kick that he's given us. Like hard-earned 14 yards. Not right. terrible, but best right. of all time. Come on. Come on. And I don't and I think I'm be that those numbers are generous. I think he's returning at 8 yards deep, so he's even you know, that 119 is you know, what what do we want to say like 20 of those are bullshit yards that he's running from the back of the end zone to the goal. I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking yeah. here, but I just oh, don't I understand. I don't understand it. I don't understand the, oh, he's, he's so great. And and we're, we, we've had the best returner of all time. So I don't know why they're trying to force that narrative that he's so great. And is it coming from the bears? Is it coming from fans? I don't, I don't feel like fans are no. like, oh, we need to get this guy. We need to get this guy going on kick. Ret-. Like, it no. feels like most of the chatter comes from the media, like shit like Pro Football Focus and the Bears, the the, yeah. the the organization. Nobody else cares. Right. I mean, I'm happy to have him. I'm glad that he is yeah. like the only weapon out there for kick returns right now. But the fact that, okay. If you want to even concede that he may be the greatest kick returner of all time, which I'm not necessarily willing to concede that at all, he doesn't return punts. So that to me completely like he that doesn't I'm not saying it makes him trash, but like like you said, we had Devin Hester in the same fucking city and he was electric every time he had the ball in his hands. I don't feel the same way with CPAP at all. Not even close to that. Even if he was returning punts, I wouldn't feel the same confidence at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it felt like Hester was getting to at least the 40 when he was returning kicks. There were teams that were just just trying to boom it out of the end zone so Hester couldn't get his hands on it. They're not doing that with Patterson. They're just like, fuck it. Just let him run it. He's gonna he's gonna hurt it. He's gonna hurt you more than he'll probably help you, because the chances are he's gonna he's gonna have a nice run and he's gonna get to the twenty five. Same result, no right. big deal. And there's a high possibility the Bears will get a penalty on special Bingo. teams. Bingo, and it might be on CPAT for ripping off his helmet <laughs> and screaming at the refs. So no, yeah, this is not meant to be a CPAP rip session. But I no, yeah, come on, we're we're, we're all Bears homers, but. He's he's above average at it. He is. Congratulations. You said it right. He's. I'm happy to have him, but let's relax, everybody. Let's relax. He's fine. He's just fine. Yeah, he's fine. You know what's better than fine, though, Dan? It's the Cornish Hen Player of the Week, as voted for by the Fans and Eggs Bears correspondents throughout our wonderful country and beyond. All right. You're going to have to break a tie again. There oh, okay. A lot of great nominees. Right. Uh, the runners up would be Jimmy Graham, your guy. A Rob yep. actually got a vote. The aforementioned CPAP did as well. Huh. Uh, but, but it really came down to two guys. We mentioned them both Kyle Fuller, Khalil Mack. Which way would you go? I would go Kyle Fuller 
that hit was I mean, Mac was awesome, very well deserving of the Cornish hen. Hit me a little bit with the Cornish hen uh, talk. Oh, hey, I don't shoot me. Look at my bow tie. Move on. I'm but a Cornish hen. I'm full of class. I'm full of class. Put your gun away. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, beautiful. That was thank you for doing that. Uh, I'm going to go fuller just because that hit was so fucking cool and it flipped the momentum of the game and that was that was game changer kyle fuller cornish hen take it love it list it leave it lick it (laughs) that's i think that's a daft punk song the um okay we're gonna go with kyle fuller then he broke the tie that was a nomination by both phil in indiana and Ira in South Carolina. So congratulations, guys. You just picked a winner. Way to go. Can I I'm gonna take a, a hard left turn here and I wanna I wanna take you through a hot take that was running through my head about mid last week. Do it. Do it. I it might make you mad and someone else that might be listening. Not one person, but people listening. So I was in a very dark place after that Colts game, and I was worried. I was like, this season could turn. It could turn very bad, very quickly. We've been very lucky winning these games. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I happened to catch a podcast from Robert Mays on The Athletic. Good dude. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, a, a national guy who's a Bears fan, I'm in. Bears fan. So he was talking about the Seattle Seahawks and they're, you know, they're one of the better teams in the NFC, maybe the NFL. Russell Wilson's playing out of their mind, but their biggest hang up is they don't have any pass rush on defense. So in my mind, this is before the Tampa game. I think I know where this is going. Is there any way Seattle would give us a first round pick for Khalil Mack? And I, I didn't, I didn't feel great about it. But I'm like, if this season heads south, I think we now have three weeks until the trade deadline. Let's say we rattled off a few losses. Would they do that? I think they. I don't know. I can't really figure out. I'm, I'm kind of an idiot. I can't figure out how the like salary cap works, the dead money, the dead cap numbers. That's the most important part, right? Yes. So I looked that up today. His dead cap numbers. For for next year, thirty seven million. But whoever has him isn't getting. They're not getting rid of him. He's not getting cut. And then it drops to twelve million, two point six million, and then he's there's no. And then he's done. So for a team like Seattle, who has this short window, and if we're stuck in a place where this seems so fucked up to talk about now, after we're four, we just went four and one. <laughs> but if we did, you know, if if it went south and. Even if it does from here on out, is that something we would consider? I mean, it's hard to get in the into the mind of one Ryan Pace, a very handsome man with a lot of haircuts. Um, why'd you think I'd be upset with you uh, mentioning such things? That's what I'm more curious about. It just seems, I don't know. He's very he's beloved. He's the he's the anchor of our defense. We that would essentially be saying we're just hanging it up. We're mailing it in. We need to get better. Oh, yeah, you're also wearing a Mac Man shirt. I didn't catch that at first. But I've not heard anyone mention that. 
and I don't even know if Seattle would do it. And I wouldn't take anything but a first round for that. And Seattle's pick would be late. But if we get two first round picks back, do I would I want Ryan Pace making those picks? Uh, no. But would that be something they would even consider? Because who else? Where else would they get pass rush? And that would be the top guy. And I don't know that they would want to pay him or could pay him. I'm too dumb to figure all that out. But <laughs> I was almost mad at myself for even considering it because he is awesome. And then to see how he played in that Thursday night game, I was like, that may have been one of the worst takes that I've had in my <laughs> head. But I still feel felt like I needed to share it. That's am fine. I an idiot, Bill? I just want you to tell me, am I an idiot? No, I mean, given like like on paper – Bears four and one. You having had that thought, maybe somebody would call you an idiot. It wouldn't be me. Like if they were zero and five, everything probably would have been on the table. I I would say, and I don't know what the cap ramifications would be either. And he'd be the most valuable asset that the Bears would have. I'm always a. There's nobody that's untouchable on a team going, you know, headed down guy. So I might have had the same thought if we were sitting here one and four, zero oh and five. So I'm not going to kill you for that. I'm just glad that I feel like it's moot. So no, you're not an idiot, Dan. It's still kind of in the back of my head. I'll say that. Maybe that's why I need to say it out loud because I'm not proud of it. I'm a little worried that the minute we have like a shit game, I'm going to be like, call the Seahawks. Get them out of here. What do you want for them? Two first-rounders, let's start there and work our way back. I love that you're focused on the Seahawks, too, just cutting out 30 teams in the league. It's the Seahawks. They got a small window. Let's make magic. But after watching them on Sunday night, I feel like that they could use that. That would be a total game-changer for them. I think they would make a huge leap. But let's stop talking about that. I That's a dumb yeah a dumb take and it's not going to happen because we're going to the super bowl fuck you seahawks fuck you seahawks but this is a good segue though to close out our segment let's talk a little bit around the nfl seahawks defense looks shitty but not shitty enough to lose to the vikings on sunday night did you watch that full game or at least the end do you or did you at least keep tabs on the controversial call of mike zimmer to go for it with uh, I think inside like the 12, right, to maybe go up eight if you kick the field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth and one. What do you think about all that, buddy? I did watch. I watched most of the fourth quarter. I liked the play call. I thought it was perfect. You're you're playing against Russell Wilson, who's out of his mind right now, and they really should have gotten that first down. They were running the ball really well right at the end there. So it felt like a slam dunk that they were going to get that play. And Seattle's linebacker came up and just blew up the – I think was it the lead blocker that – it was an awesome, awesome play, and I was shocked they didn't get it. And I don't think they should regret making that call. You kick a field goal, yeah, you get three extra points, but they could still tie it up. I mean, that's then now you're in overtime. I, I liked it. You're on the road. You had a chance to put him away. I would have done it. What What did you think? No, same. I mean, even statistically, that was all the analytics nerds said that that was the right move, but it felt like the right move at the time. I mean, the only, um, the only other side of the coin would have been, all right, you don't have Delvin Cook to get that yard. You got the backup, and 
you're playing Russell Wilson. So do you force Russell Wilson to at worst tie you as opposed to win the game? I, I yeah, I could see that argument, but yeah, if if it were Matt Nagy and he made that call and it did not work and the Bears lost, I could justify the decision the same way. I, people are ripping on Mike Zimmer because he's had a real shit year. I just love. Bottom line: Vikings one and four. That's amazing. That's oh my awesome. God. Give that to me. Feed it to me all day long. Let's be honest. If that were the Bears, Matt Nagy would have called for like. CPAT to throw a pass or something fucking ridiculous. I mean, I re- I appreciated the play call too. Like, just get your big boys up there and, and jam it in. But the Bears would definitely have not done that. They would have gotten real cute with it and probably lost like seven yards to get Russell Wilson a little bit closer to the, to the end zone. So sure. I, well, the I think Seahawks it's fun. hadn't stopped him all day on the ground, no matter who the running back was. So. Yeah, that's I can't right. Kill a one-eyed pirate decision no, for that. Exactly. Exactly. That did you uh, did you see the Dak injury? Oh yeah, I did, and I love Tony Romo. Wondering if it was a, if it was a, a calf strain or like a cramp or something. Right? That was his first. I'm like, dude, didn't you see his leg bend live? That was. I mean, it was horrifying. Like my kid, my uh, son was in the room. We were watching, and he was rooting for the t- the stars like he loved their helmets and i was like i don't really give a fuck who wins so whatever <laughs> um and and when that happened i like turned his head so he wouldn't see the replay because it was oh that was nasty they keep showing it too i had wow. espn on today and they kept showing the injury why are we doing that it's gross it's Stop. gross i i usually can't watch stuff like that i don't want to no. see any of those gruesome injuries no. But I did have a thought the uh, immediately after it happened is, do you think Ryan Pace is like, this is why we're not paying Allen Robinson? <laughs> that did, that, that's funny. That crossed my mind, too. Not necessarily the Ryan Pace angle, but the Allen Robinson angle, for sure. It was, uh, uh, God damn it. I wonder if they're even talking. I, I, haven't, heard, I haven't heard boo on it. <laughs> Same. Happy Halloween. I haven't heard anything <laughs> either, but... Uh, yeah. What about, uh, we want to talk about Le'Veon Bell. That's like sure. breaking news as we jumped on that he was cut by the jets Amazing. and that, what do you think bears? I mean, why not? It's, uh, all it takes is money. We got what? 12, we're still 12 million ish under the cap, maybe eight to 12 mil. Uh, why not? We lost Tariq Cohen. There's carries to be had. That would be an excuse to cut your favorite beaver, Ryan Nall, though. Yeah. You you telling me Ryan Nall or Le'Veon Bell? Are you fucking kidding me? And let's, we don't need to... Patterson had a nice catch out of the backfield on Thursday, didn't he? Did I have that right or was I drunk? He did. So we can't give those same plays to Le'Veon Bell, like just see if he's got a little juice in him. I would. (laughs) I'd take a flyer on him. I know Bears Twitter's on fire right now, like, oh, sign this man. And if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, I'm fine. Who cares? Yeah. 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 It's sort of like he probably kind of sucks now, but I'd be willing to. I'd like to see it. We have Lamar Miller on our practice squad right now, so – Obviously, Pace is looking for a little more depth. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, sure. Why not? That'd be fine. I don't care. I'd rather have him than Dan Quinn. Is that his name? 
the now former Yeesh. Atlanta Falcons coach. Yeesh, and the douchey GM from what was the college he went to? Somewhere oh, yeah. in Canada. Ah, uh, come on, Grease like, Tank, help us out here, buddy. It was like Queefton or something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Or Farful, or I don't know, something weird like that. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, long time coming for both of those guys. I think Raheem Morris officially took over, but I I think I heard this right on the radio that the last three Falcons? Falcon coaches have been fired following losses to the Panthers. Weird. Isn't that weird? Really weird. It's like Arthur Arthur Blank's got a weird beef with Carolina – that that's that's the last straw for him. Maybe his two by four sales just suck in Charlotte, so he's very angry. That is weird, but yeah, that was probably three weeks too late. But whatever, that's fine. Fuck you, Falcons. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Grow up, Falcons. Fuck you. Anything else in your notebook for Bears Bucks review? No, I'm ready to talk some Panther week, baby. Let's do it. See you next segment, Bears are 4 and 1, baby. Super Bowl. See you next segment. So hard. Not a big blitz guy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We getting ready. Black and blue on my shoulders. The only thing left is for us to take over. We getting ready. Black and blue on my shoulders. Carolina first to fight and we gon' win tonight. Carolina on the ride. back this is perhaps my favorite segment of the in-season stuff that we do stuff that's seems like a weak word to use shit it is the preview of the week's game let's go behind enemy lines bears visiting carolina panthers this week dan you did a lot of research i want to hear about it so does our audience how about it thank you so much william you ever been to Charlotte? I have. Uh, I have a bit of a story that we'll get to later about oh. Charlotte. Okay. All right. All right. The fans are going to be in the stadium this week, I believe. Like 5,000? That'll be the first game this year for the Bears mm. in front of a few few of my all my rowdy friends. Are here on Sunday night. Nope. Sunday afternoon. Is that how it goes? Maybe. All my rowdy friends are here on Monday night. Are you ready, Hustle Football? 
A Monday night party! Nailed it. I think he just died, didn't he? Hank Williams? One of the Williams, Was yeah, he the devil and devil with a fiddle or devil in Georgia or devil did, diddling and fiddling? I think he might have worn Prada, too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Good call. Okay. Bears are 6-4 and four all-time versus Carolina. They have not played that many times. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Bears have won four of the last five meetings. A weird fact, those five games, last five games, were all played in October. How about that? It's a hell is of a, a month. Is that a requirement? What's your favorite thing about October? All the gourds. <laughs> They look like you, penises. Are you a big pumpkin patch guy? Mm, I don't mind it if it's not rainy. Uh, I Yeah, I enjoy a pumpkin patch. Also, if it does not interfere with the Bears game, though. I do associate it with football. We made a trek to a local, a local patch, as I like to call it, <laughs> this past weekend. Everything's fucking expensive at these things. You think you're going to a farm and it's be like, oh... Uh, milk is a nickel. No, it's like, oh, you want a pumpkin? You can get it the jewels for five bucks. Like, why don't you just give me twenty five bucks? What? I walked through a fucking corn maze for this. I'm not doing that. Fuck you, man. Fuck so, you. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time though. I love it. We're we're tricking our kids this weekend. We're gonna take them to the jewels actually because they've got like a setup in the parking lot. Here's a pumpkin patch. Here you go. Pick out a gourd don't put it in your mouth that's a great move i respect that thank you okay last uh last time the bears faced the carolina panthers was october 22nd 2017 bears win 17 to 3 it was one of our five wins that year and the panthers finished 11 and 5 what were you doing panthers uh, rookie Eddie Jackson scored two touchdowns, uh, and he was the first player to score multiple defensive touchdowns over 75 yards. One was a fumble recovery, and one was an interception. Do you remember that, Bill? I do now that you mention it. I remember that game. I did not remember it was the Panthers, though. Sorry, Riverboat Ron. We beat you. So we sacked uh, Newton five times that game, which is uh, so good. Mitch, here, this is a great stat line. Mitch was four of seven for 107 yards and had a QBR of 5.5. What? And how did we win? That's really weird. What happened? Literally, Eddie Jackson scored the only touchdowns in this game. So I don't remember this game. <laughs> I must have blocked it out. Must have been blacked out. And, and, uh, Tariq Cohen caught a pass for 70 yards, so he had 70 in one of that one play <laughs> of the 107 yards and one of Mitch's four completions. Weird. Very weird. Very weird. Very weird. I'm glad I don't remember that. Okay. Last game in Carolina, October 5th, 2014. Bears lose 31 to 24. Bears were up 21-7 in the first half. Then Robbie Gold missed a 35-yard field goal. That that was rare. Whoops. The Bears turned the ball over on their last three possessions of the game. <laughs> they had five total turnovers. That'll do it for you. 
Uh, Forte led the team with 61 yards rushing, 105 yards receiving. Forte was so awesome. How was that guy not like a Hall of Famer? Mm, We blew it. We did him a disservice. I'm still mad about it. That's fine. Ask uh, Sam Monson of PFF. (laughs) Will do. Will do. He's in my basement. (laughs) The Panthers' Darren Reeves. Do you remember him? No. Related to Christopher? Too soon. He led the team in rushing that day with 36 yards. I have no idea who that is. Same. Who the fuck's that guy? I have no idea. Only other note I have is Chris Conti left with a concussion. Oh, shocking. Yeah, real shocking. Injury above the shoulders for Chris Conti. So breathy. All right, any other? That's all I got for those two games. Any other comments from you on those? Not on those, no. I I was recalling a trip that I made when I was working for the Bears. It was either 02 or 03. That was one of my only road visits. And the only th- I remember two things. Not really the game on Sunday because I was so hungover. I remember being at a karaoke bar in Charlotte, and I sang Private Eyes by Hall & Oates. And I think I nailed it. Felt great. And How does that go, Bill? I can't. I can't. Private eyes, we're watching you. Whom hear your every move? Something like that. Does that sound right? I have no idea. It does not, but I loved it. Thank you. It felt good. It felt. I like good. on the spot. I ask you to do Cornish Hen and sing Hall and Oates. Is that who sang that? Yep. I like that you're just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm jumping in, baby. I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. So props to you, Bill. Go bigger, go home. And speaking of going home, when I returned to the hotel, I shared a room with somebody else in my department, and I fell asleep, and I woke up to said person fornicating in his bed with a lady. And I thought, wow, <laughs> what am I? Are you going to invite me in? Because I'm not interested necessarily. I'm not big into swordplay, but... I kind of felt, I felt incredibly weird. Has that ever happened to you? Because that was a first for me. No comment for me on my experience, but uh, let's talk about this off air. I feel like this, yeah, I have a lot of follow-up questions, but let's get to the Panthers roster and coaching staff. Let's do it. Speaking (laughs) of staff. (laughs) Threw me off sorry like were you let's let's larry let's Go get ahead. a few of yeah. these on it okay were you awoken to the sounds of said fornication yeah. did you say anything oh i think i just hit puberty there <laughs> talking about this fornication did you did you say anything how long did you watch what was what was your reaction to that so uh, great questions. These are great. I, you are one regular Dan Rather right here. This is fantastic. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I awoke to noises. I thought that somebody was making, <laughs> going fist deep into some mac and cheese. <laughs> so, so yes, I, I woke up to that. <laughs> no, I didn't watch. I, I 
I don't know where I was like turned if I was facing the other bed in the, in the hotel room or if I was facing the wall. But I do remember like staring at the wall thinking like, come on, let's get this over with. And I was so drunk. I was like, I was mad, actually. I was mad because it was already late. We had to get up super early to get to the press box. And I and I also thought I thought it was like a little disrespectful but I was like 22, 23. So I was like, all right, if I, if the shoe were on the other foot, would I have done the same thing? I don't know. I was, I was a little pissed though. I'll be honest. I was, I was a little pissy about it. I didn't say anything to him though at the time out of respect, I guess. And I don't think, I don't think I ever said anything to him after either. Was she there in the morning when you woke no. up or was she was no. already gone? Okay, that's gone. good. Gone. Yeah. I I bet I, I bet you uh, I bet you were staring at that window AC unit just being like, Oh, I'd love to turn that thing to full blast so I don't <laughs> yeah. have to hear two seals absolutely just slapping each other. It's true. I I do remember now that we're talking about it, like waking up as early as I possibly could in the morning to get the hell out of that room before I had to have an, an awkward conversation with him, actually. And I hustled my ass to whatever they call that stadium. And yeah, that was a weird road trip. Wow. That did not see that coming. And Ooh. I bet you saw some coming too. <laughs> Whoops. On that note, let's get to the Panthers coaching staff. Once again, their website's a fucking mess. Get some order. And I, here's the thing. I I know I complain about this every week. Group your coaches better on the website. I was like, am I crazy? And I went to the Bears website. It's or, it's fairly organized. They do a decent job of it. Every every other team, what what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> that one wasn't didn't come out as it was a bit delayed. Okay, head coach Matt Rule, not John Rule, Matt Rule. Loves wearing vests, right? Those like windbreaker-looking vests. I don't. Even, do you, can you buy those? Does he? Mm. Are those custom made? Probably. I. I don't. I'm not a big vest guy. No, no, you're not. He grew up in New York. Was a walk-on linebacker at Penn State. To, uh, while Paterno was there, so he he mm. saw some diddling and fiddling. Right. <laughs> Speaking of. Charlie or Hank Williams, the devil wore Parada down in Georgia. He's the Temple head coach from 2013 to 2016. Baylor head coach from 2017 to 2019. He's all right. I don't have any beef with him. You got any beef with him? No, he's fine. That was. I think that was the most popular hire of the offseason, or he was the most popular candidate of the offseason, I want to yeah. say. I might be wrong, but I f- good for that. Yeah, and I felt like I was a little surprised when he took the Carolina job because I would have felt like the Giants maybe would have been a higher-profile gig, and they had I, – I can't remember the timing. I felt like they didn't even have Bridgewater at the time. Like, it was yeah. a lot of question marks around what the quarterback situation was. But, uh, yeah, he seems fine. All right, whatever. <laughs> Offensive coordinator is uh, Joe Brady, who was uh, the LSU passing game coordinator and wide receiver coach last year. He was a hot commodity as well to be uh, – he's only 31 years old. It just pisses me off. Come on, Joe Brady. What are you doing? 
He was a, a candidate for a lot of OC jobs in the NFL after last year, and he even accepted a three-year extension with LSU, and then a week later he quit to join the Panthers. What a dick move. Good for what him. What a dick. Good for him. Uh, Wikipedia mentioned his sister, J.C., was a Miami Dolphins cheerleader. That's all I got on that. Joe Brady, defensive coordinator, Phil Snow. Remember Snow, the uh, rapper? Informer. Uh, he's been following. Oh, you do now. Good. What, what happened to him? He's got to be dead. Yes. Tell, tell, uh, tell Bob Rohrman I said hello. He's been, uh, Phil Snow has, not Bob Rohrman. He's been following Rule around since uh, 2013 and their Temple days. There's definitely a lot of these guys have come from te- they went from temple to baylor and now they're in the nfl i feel like that doesn't usually track you're just bringing dudes left and right not hiring guys who've been there but they seem to be doing okay only other note i have for phil snow is he's dustin pedroia's uncle weird <sighs> I when good. i when i hear temple i think bill cosby when Same. you here, Same. Bill Cosby, what do you think, Dan? Drugging ladies. Hope prison's fun for you. Puddin' pops. Eat some puddin' pops. And I'm going to drug you. I'm Bill Cosby. Was he <laughs> Cosby Show? Are you a Cosby Show guy? Yeah, I was. I was. I, uh, I loved all of the sweaters. Uh, Theo Huxtable seemed like a good dude. Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, that was a good show. Is that a situation where that that show was syndicated and all those people were just making bank for years and then Cosby shit came out and you can't find it anywhere now, Mm. I'd imagine. Now they're just, they gotta like, they gotta be greeters at Walmart now, one of those things? It might be true. I don't know what, yeah, who was the, the, who was his wife? I can't remember. She hasn't really been doing much <laughs> no offense to her career i may uh, be totally wrong what is her this, name felicia, felicia richard yeah oh great call ahmad's wife right ex-wife i believe oh. ex-wife yeah what happened you know yeah. you want to spill, uh, any, spill any tea well he's best friends with mj i'm sure they were out just laying pipe like pipe fitters join the union okay special teams coach is chase Blackburn. He was a Giants linebacker uh, for years. He was a special teams guy. Won two Super Bowls with him. Good for him. He's been the special teams coordinator with the Panthers since 2016. I only bring him up because Wikipedia mentions at the end of his personal life section that he's a Christian. Who adds that and why? There's a uh, there's an HVAC company by me that says it's a Christian owned company, and I always find that very weird. It's like, all right, if my furnace is out and I want to know who I'm gonna hire, why do I care about that? I just want a good deal on an HVAC. Weird. Yeah, is there a market for that for hiring people? It's like, are you how Christian are you? I don't know. I would uh, act. I mean, I got. I grew up a Christian. I, I got no beef with it, but yeah, if I see someone in a workplace that's like, oh, by the way, I'm a huge Christian, I'm probably like, yeah, I'm going to shop around a bit. 
that's I think that's fair. Uh, Christian Mingle, if you were single, would you jump on that? No chance. Can you imagine how awful that has to be? No fucking chance. Is it? I don't know how that works. What do you do? You meet at church? I don't know. Uh, I'd be a big farmers only guy though. If I, especially because I'm the last thing, the furthest thing from a farmer. But I'd love to meet somebody in overalls personally. We, um, buddy of mine, created a farmers only account for our buddy Brian, who you mentioned recently. Did that years ago, and I think he kept up with it for a while, and may have. May have roped in a few ladies, but never really, you know, I think they found out pretty quickly it was fake as shit. But, uh, yeah, farmers only. That's awesome. There's a lot of weird shit like that. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, congrats to you, Chase Blackburn, for owning an HVAC company and being Christian. Wide receiver coach is a guy named Frisman Jackson. He apparently went to Morgan Park. Frisch, Frischman? Frisman? He went to Morgan Park, so he's a local kid. Okay, so in the early life section of Wikipedia, it says, Jackson is considered by many to be one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the Chicago Public League. Okay, did you get that? Okay. Okay. Here's the first line of the next section, which is his playing career, which was college. Jackson is considered to be one of the best wide receivers to play at Western Illinois University. So he definitely wrote both of those lines, right? Yeah, I would think so. And that's that's rough if he was immediately a wideout at Western. Isn't that is that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Pace and Sean Payton, or, or is that Eastern? Maybe that's Eastern. Eastern, yeah, okay, that was Eastern. Western, I always think of Brian Cox. He went to school there. Ooh, what a surprise. You're thinking about Cox. <laughs> uh, take me to Macomb so I can see Brian Cox. He play, did play in the NFL for a few years with the Browns as a wide receiver and scored one touchdown. So Doesn't count. It. Okay. All right. Offensive line coach, Pat Meyer. Do you know who Pat Meyer is? Pete Meyer's dad. No, not at all. Isn't Pete Myers? Isn't that yes. Pete Myers? Okay. Correct. All right. He was the Bears assistant O-line coach from 2013 to 2014. He was also with Trustman in Montreal before that, so you know he stinks. So we're going to be just fine on defense. D-line coach is Mike Fair. Do you know who that is? I do. He uh, he's one of Lovey Smith's guy. He was an Illini yep. D line coach. Yeah. You got it. D line Bears D line coach twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. Followed Lovey to Tampa, then to Illinois twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen. He's been with the Panthers, I think, two years now. I didn't I didn't jot that down. So it's fine. Yeah, it's fair. That's, that's all I got on the coaching staff in general. They kind of looked like dudes you'd want to grab a beer with. They looked okay. Okay. Matt Rule seems like a guy who's like cool rule. He's like, I'm cool rule. Come have a beer with me. Come try and come try and these vests I got from Fila. Is that are they still in business? They might I don't be. know. I have no idea. All right, let's go to the front office. Owner is David Tepper. Hedge fund guy worth twelve billion dollars, so he's not poor. Ugh. 
He was a my <laughs> he was a minority owner of the Steelers and grew up a huge Steelers fan. Like it, that seemed very evident that he out of that's weird, right? Like if like the McCaskies were like, oh, I grew up huge Texans fans. I mean, that doesn't make sense, but I don't know why I picked them. Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck? What are we doing here? Doesn't that yes. feel weird? It would feel weird. Get out of get out of my city. I'd say. Yes, absolutely. Well, he bought the Panthers in 2018 from Jerry Richardson, who I believe got forced out for being a creep, right? Yeah, I think he did. He shave ladies' legs or like watched them. There was something about that. Pat Doinks. I remember having a conversation with him about it. There was something real creepy about him and legs and shavings. I know not everyone knows Pat Doinks, but he seems like a definitely like I'd love to shave a lady type of guy, right? I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. He seems yeah. pretty hairless. Yeah, right. Big waxing guy. Is he a wax guy? Uh, you know what? Let's let's call him up. Let's get him let's get him on the next hams and eggs. It's been a while. All right, fair enough. Okay, so um david tepper also owns the charlotte mls team why do these guys all own mls teams it's all nfc south guys too now that i think about it yeah ew tax write-off right it's got you guys doing well it's funny you mentioned taxes because in wikipedia it mentions in 2016 tepper relocated his family and his company to miami beach he was a he had been new jersey's richest taxpayer at the time the move caused a state official to warn of a risk to the budget of new jersey because of the resulting loss of income tax how awesome is that to be (laughs) that rich to for the state to be like "Uh oh please don't leave please do not leave the next line in October of this this month of 2020, Tepper announced he was moving back to New Jersey for family reasons, a move which may cost up to $120 million in state income tax. Whoa. Holy fuck. Whoa. New Jersey's just getting their... They're wetting the beak. Come back, Tepper. Give us some money. Wow, that's... It's one of those like how how much am I worth to you, baby? Family over money, one hundred and twenty million to go back to Jersey. Like if Holy you have a sick shit. family member or something, that's that's ah, that's a lot of that's a lot of clams. That's that's insane. That whatever the uh, the Amazon show, all or nothing, they did it on the Panthers a few years ago, and he seems like a he actually seems like a good dude, like kind of a regular guy. Just just happens to have a shitload of money. In New Jersey him. to my like, if you can afford to live in Miami Beach, why would you ever step foot in New Jersey again? Ugh. Bingo. Oh, seriously. No offense to all of our New Jersey listeners, but you'd probably agree too. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Ed. Ed's a New Jersey guy, right? But like close to Philly. Yeah. Do I have that right? I, you might have that backwards, but. Maybe not. Yeah, he lives in yeah, South right. Jersey, which I'm but not. But he's a big closer to Philly. Guy. Yeah, you're right. Wait, yeah. Or is it yeah. North Jersey? I don't know how states work. <laughs> yeah, he lives. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think, <laughs> I think he lives in South New Jersey, but yeah. he's closer to Philly than he is like 
Manhattan, basically, yes. in New York, yes. right? I think we got it. Bingo. We nailed we it. We worked through. We nailed Ed, it. We, we love you. Yes, we do. Sorry about that. Okay, the GM for the Panthers is a guy named Marty Herney. He was the Panthers GM from 2002 to 2012. And then David Gettleman, trash GM with the Giants, took over. Then when he got fired, he was rehired in 2017. In between then and maybe while he was GM, it's unclear. He's a radio personality in Charlotte of a station that he owns. What? Stupid. (laughs) Stupid. So stupid. Like on the AM dial or like FM, like he's mixing up as a as a DJ. Hey, coming up next, we've got some Fleetwood Mac. By the way, I've got to touch on some tickets for the Panthers this weekend. Suck me and fuck me and I'll give them to you. It's, I, just, I just assumed it was like sports talk radio, but you could be right. He's a top 10 of 10 guy. So you you think he was openly asking for blowjobs for tickets to what did you say, Leonard Skinnerd? No, to Panthers game. Like during oh, you know, do the Panthers he's, game. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right. We got some, we got some landslide by Fleetwood Mac coming up next, but not until I give out these tickets. If you suck and fuck, I like to teabag. Give me a call. I once had sex in a Carolina hotel room while this guy Bill was next to me. Coming up next. <laughs> Two seals be. giving high fives. Hoppa, 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 hoppa. Is that what it sounded like? I don't know. I was drunk. Maybe. It <laughs> was a weird impression of somebody that's... <laughs> the hoppa, hoppa, hoppa. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, baby, I want to give it to you. Haba, 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 haba. It's, it's, it's a big, it's a big Charlotte sex thing, apparently. Haba, 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 haba. I'm gonna give you that Charlotte haba, baby. Haba, haba, haba. Oh my god! All right. Ooh, back on track here. I'm fucking crying. There are no Gophers or Illini on the active roster, but rookie Gopher running back Rodney Smith is on the practice squad. I'm up like a shitload on you on Gophers here this year so far. You are. It's probably why the Bears are four and one. <laughs> I just did it. I did it. I did the joke for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm exhausted after I'm hubba, 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 hubba. Thank you. All right. So that's all I have on the Panthers review. One other thing I wanted to mention is. Uh, Mike Davis running back for the Panthers is getting a lot of love and Bears fans seem upset about that as well maybe they won't be up it's probably the same people who desperately want Le'Veon Bell I guess and also want to hate on Cole Komet it's probably a Venn diagram of that of some sort that's what people say right I think so what do you think about Mike Davis being a little bit better with the Panthers good for him but I don't care. Like, I don't care. He was good for Seattle. He was shitty for Chicago. He's good for Carolina. He won't get more than, like, five carries once McCaffrey's back. So, good for him. He's a Gamecock. 
I don't think we gave him a chance. I don't think that was really on him in Chicago. Yeah. So, whatever. It is what it is. Is McCaffrey back this week? It sounds like it's up in the air. Yeah. I hope I not. He, I know. Same. I'd, yeah, I'd much rather face Mike Davis than Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's up in the air. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the new injury report. I'm just a guy with half of a podcast. I think if we have Danny Trevathan chasing around Christian McCaffrey, we could be in a little bit of trouble there. (laughs) Bridgewater's looked pretty good. Not bad, not amazing, just kind of what you'd expect from him. He's going to be fine. He's probably not going to kill you, but he's, he's not, you know, he's not young Tom Brady. Everyone relax. Everyone relax, and I think that is a perfect segue to hams and bread with a little bit of hams and spreads where we will talk about all of the angles unless you have something more here dan for panthers review or preview i always screw that up panthers preview (laughs) i feel good about preview review whatever i don't have anything else to add i'm glad you've been to charlotte and i'm glad you got to experience that haba 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 (laughs) yeah it is a memory that i apparently will never forget at least not 17 years later. Thank you so much for all of your research, Dan. That was fantastic. See you next segment. Hubba, 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 hubba. <laughs> Hams and bread. Hams and bread. Hams and bread. Hams and bread. Zero doinks! Yes, yes. Zero doinks! Yes. Go! Zero doinks! Push the ball. Push the ball. Hams and bread. Go! Yes! Go! Kick it in! Hams and bread! Let's go! Hams and bread! Hams and bread! I'm Rick Fieldsman. Yes, hubba hubba. Okay, Bears this week are getting two and a half points. Vegas is a little scared to give Bears the full three. I know I would eat that up. Bears plus two and a half over unders 44. Bill, what do you like, buddy? Well, you know me, Dan. I mentioned it last week and every week. I don't really like points. I'm not a big over-under guy. I'm not a big spreads guy. Spread them. Spread them. I like to ride the money line, typically on a favorite, but not this Sunday. I'm going to ride that money line. Vegas, you don't believe in the Bears? I do. I fucking believe in them. I know that Teddy Bridgewater lit the Bears' asses up at Soldier Field last year when Dan Doinks was there and the Saints just smoked him. This is not 2019. This is 2020. The Bears are going to not only cover that two and a half, they're going to win outright. Bears win by six in Charlotte. That's which way I'm going. Over under if I were to go that route I'd go under. I'd hump that under, just like a Ricky Fieldsman probably would. What about you, Dan? What's your field, buddy? I'm with you. I feel like the Bears are the better team. They feel like very similar teams, actually. I watched a little bit of that Falcons-Panthers game last week. Bridgewater probably is a bit of an upgrade over Foles, let's be honest. Yeah. 
but no McCaffrey. Uh, they don't. They don't. They have some quick receivers. The receivers scare me a little bit, but we're we're a fucking great defense. So I like the under forty four is a low number, but I like the under. I'm taking the Bears money line. I like that as well. But I'm also gonna take. I'm gonna wait to see if the line goes to three. Maybe I'll buy some point. Maybe I'll buy the hook. Maybe I'll buy a half a point, baby. Maybe I'll get it to three, three and a half. I don't know. A little insurance, but I like the Bears. I like the Bears winning this week. Bears against the spread are three and two. Panthers are also three and two against the spread. Guess what, Bill? The over is two and three for both of these teams. So things are trending towards the under for both of these teams. I like the under. Something's got to give. Those three and two, two and threes can't last forever. You know what else can't last forever, Dan? A Rick Fieldsman slump. He was two and one. Mr. Two and one is back. And I think it's time to hear from Rick and his hot, hot picks. Will he finally go three and oh? Let's find out. Ricky Fieldsman, take it away, buddy. Hi, this is Rick Fieldsman. Hams and spreads. Hams and spreads. Rick Fieldsman. Hams, 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 and hams and spreads. Fieldsman. Hands and spreads. Hands and spreads. Rick Fieldsman. Hands and spreads. Our buddy Rick Fieldsman. Hands and spreads. Hands and spreads. Hands and spreads. Hands and spreads. Rick Fieldsman. Ricky Fieldsman. Oh, we are back, Doinkers. We are better than ever. Guess what? The Doinkers asketh, the Rick Fieldsman provideseth. Because this was a hot weekend. Bears victory. We'll gladly take the L on that one. Because why? I'm turning around and I'm giving you two W's in return. And that's an equation that's profitable. And that's why you keep coming back for the hot, hot picks this might be the easiest board of all time. The week six board is the easiest board of all time, week in and week out. That's a guarantee. I have the hottest picks. You came to the right place. The doinkers, they said, oh, they wanted, they were like, maybe we shouldn't have Rick on. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Everybody wants Rick on. Rick's got the picks. I am giving them to you. Here we go. Oh, by the way, sponsorship back. Hold that dial. Hold that tone. It's coming back. Let's go. First pick. Hands and spreads. Pick one. All right. We are starting off strong. We got the Steelers at the Browns. Browns are dogs. Three and a half point dogs. This is stupid. This is why you don't have William Hill on this podcast and you have Rick Fieldsman. Because this is dumb. The Browns should not be three and a half point dogs. Why? Because I said so. They, Baker Mayfield, amazing. Odell Beckham Jr. catching touchdowns. I bet them last week. I'm betting them again. Against the spread, I don't think the Browns have lost in three years. We're going the Browns plus three and a half. Oh, that is one and oh. We're starting one and oh, and that's just the way it's going to be. Let's go to the next pick. Hams and spreads. Pick two. All right. We are going with the Lions versus the Jaguars. The Lions are favorites against the Jaguars. Are you kidding me the lions are a joke the the whole team's a joke can't even think of a player megatron he, he, he's not on the team anymore because they don't want him 
He doesn't want to be on the team. They don't want him on the team. Everything is going array there in Detroit. We the Jaguars are an unstoppable force. They are looking very strong through the first five weeks of the season. Plus three and a half. I have not had an easier bet. <laughs> In my life, I laugh because it's so easy. It's just the monies. The monies are just there for the taking. And they're putting this three and a half point title to the Jaguars. Give me a break. We're going with the Jaguars. Oh, my gosh. 2-0. and And we're going in to the last pick. Here we go. Hams and Sprites. Pick three. Printing monies. Pick of the week. Printing monies. Pick of the week is brought to you by Parlays. Sick of getting even monies on all your bets? Well, you've come to the right place. Just slap some cash on a few different bets and poof, your money evaporates into thin air before you even know what happens. Your family moves out. Your friends no longer want to be around you. You can't even look in the mirror. But God, that action is good. Parlays. Dream it. All right, for the last pick, we have the Panthers versus the Bears. Oh, the Panthers are terrible. Have you seen them play? I haven't. Don't think they've even recorded a game yet. They are garbage. The team is garbage. The players are garbage. The animal is garbage. They're playing the Bears. Bears are two and a half point dogs. I am absolutely riding the Bears. Nick Foles is a genius. He's, Matt Nagy is a genius. It's just an incredible team. Montgomery, he's going to throw for a touchdown. Cole Kmet, he's my click to pick. He is ready to go. He's going to catch a touchdown. You know what? You get some plus 2,200 on Cole Kmet to score a touchdown. It's happening. Jimmy Graham, sure, he's going to have maybe three or four touchdowns. Cole Kmet's going to have one. Oh, and then you get some Ryan now. Get some Ryan now. Get the, the field. You bet the field to score touchdowns. You're talking another 2,200. You put those together. Unstoppable, but let's get back. The Bears plus two and a half is the easiest pick this weekend. You take your units, you take your funds, you put it on the Bears, and you're going to Sausage Town because it's dinner and you got to cook up some sausages. So that's what we're going with. Oh, you know what? We might be Mister Three and O next week. You know what? I might have to. Uh, I might have to start renegotiating my zero dice contract after this weekend. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I want to thank the boys. Let's send it back to them. They're going to break down all of this hot Chicago action. And as always, have a good one at the windows. And this has been the world's greatest and first segment within a segment. Hams and Spreads with Rick Fieldsman. Rick Fieldsman is the smartest person in the whole world. Rick Fieldsman can make you a lot of money. Wow. Three more controversial takes? Picks? Hot picks? Cold picks? I don't know. What do you think, Dan? This is the week. 3-0. and He's going 3-0. and This is it. This is it. So much research by Rick. I love it. Thank you for your hot, hot picks. Thank you so goddamn much. Any games you like this week, Bill, outside of Bears? Mm, I haven't really looked, I'll be honest. But the one thing I'm glad about is that Rick Fieldsman has a sponsor again. That's what I've been waiting for. He's been cutting it real tight the last two weeks. He's been punishing himself. He's been flogging his own back. Like, what was that movie? There's a Tom Hanks movie where they'd, I don't remember. It was a Dan Brown book. I don't know. Yeah, Toy Story. Yeah, 
<laughs> trying to solve puzzles. Yeah, I think it was Toy Story. I think that's exactly right. Self-flagellation. That's not the name of the movie. Uh, it shouldn't have been. It's called, like, The Jesus Chronicles or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Illuminati. I don't know. Is it Illuminati? Yeah. yeah. It's, kind of. It's, a, it's a good book. Yeah. I'm glad I remember the title because I don't. <laughs> but what I feel like that's it? what Rick's been doing. I know. What was okay. it? Uh, the Code? The code, I think, is in the title, oh. right? Mm. Da Vinci Code. There it is. Bingo. It. We got there. Wow. Group effort. That was great. I kept wanting to, Dan Brown, right? Is that who wrote it? I kept wanting yeah. to say the, the Brown Code, which is if you're at the pool, Code Brown means get out of the pool because someone has shit in it. So I don't think that was it. So good. We got there. Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. That's fantastic. Well, we know Rick Fieldsman's 13 and 11 now. He is 4-4 four and four with his pick of the week. He went Bears, I believe, with his pick of the week this week. That's fantastic. But what I want to know, Dan, do you have any other angles on any other NFL games, including some teasers? I didn't like the I didn't like the slate this week. Not a lot that I love. And if you recognize anything from these segments, I'm not positive what Rick took, but we'll keep that as a mystery to the listener. So Rick may have these, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, so two games that stuck out to me. I like the Packers given two and a half at Tampa Bay this week, coming off a bye. The Packers, I think, might just legit be for real, which makes me very sad. But you're, they're favorites on the road at Tampa Bay. Not super impressed with the banged-up Bucks. That's what they should call it, the Bang Bucks. Ooh. Like the Bang Bus. <laughs> just go with that. The Bang Bucks. I don't know what the Bang Bus is. I heard from a friend. I don't know what that is at all. So, a hubba, 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 hubba. <laughs> Okay, other game I like. I like the Rams also on the road, giving three and a half to the 49ers. The 49ers might just all the way stink. Are we there yet with them? I'm cool with that. That's fine. You know, fuck you, Jim Garoppolo and whatever Shanahan you got calling plays. And John Lynch, go, you and Peter King go 69, you stupid fuck. They were, I think, like, the. Are we going to look back and be like, wow, remember we thought Kyle Shanahan and was awesome? Do you feel like that maybe they yes. figured him out? I kind of hope so. And just going back to your, your prior comment there, do you think Peter King and, and John Lynch, do you think they would 69 on the quiet car that Peter King likes to rant about? While bathing in some Allagash White from a Brooklyn coffee shop. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so teasers, I think, I don't know this for sure, I think all the teasers I gave out last week were pretty good. I'm not positive, but here's two that I that stuck out to me this week. Okay, Vikings just lost a tough game in Seattle. They're minus three and a half at home against the Falcons. The Falcons, Raheem Morris is a coach, gross. So you're going to tease them seven points. You're going to get them plus four and a half at home. Mike Zimmer is not going to make the same mistake he did last week. He's going to have Kirk Cousins whipping it all over the field, and they're going to lose by three. But you're going to cover with the teaser. Next game, Eagles are <laughs> getting can seven. Just, can I just let me interrupt you just yes. for one sec? <laughs> Every week you go with the Vikings game. 
is maybe not last week. I'm not sure. Is there logic behind this or is it just coincidence? I just I want to know. I just feel like they're better than they okay. than they're playing right now. Okay. Okay. I That's feel fair. every week the the one week that that I didn't bet on them mm. money line they've won. So right, right, I'm not right. making that mistake again. I'm all at right. least going to tease them at this point. I'm like, all right, Dan, we don't know what we're doing with the Vikings. Yes, I'm talking to myself. Let's just tease them. Let's just get the points. They're free points. They're free. Who cares? So that's why like I said they're probably going to lose by three, but you teased them. You're getting four and a half at home to a rowdy Bank of Minnesota. What is it? Bank one of America stadium in minneapolis with zero fans so it's fine ziggy wolf dr fauci dr fauci okay next game eagles are getting seven and a half points versus baltimore at home that philly crowd ed will be there in his wizard costume what are those costumes called pop pop poppers palpers Is that right? Something like that? Okay. You're just going to go ahead and tease them to 14 and a half. Baltimore, I think they might stink too. I think they might not be great either. (laughs) I love it. Big research guy. I don't know if you could tell. I like those two games. So in this teaser, you're going to get Minnesota at home plus four and a half. Eagles at home plus 14 and a half. Carson Wentz, he's got it figured out. He's going to be running all over that field. He's going to blow out his knee at the end of the game, but they're going to cover, and they're going to lose by 12. But you're getting 14 and a half, so tease, 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 tease. I just want to give a quick fuck you to the Kansas City Chiefs for ruining my um, survivor pool because I – you saw earlier in the week I was already questioning taking them over the Raiders, and yep. Coach Cuse gave good advice. He said, you know what, you should go – just go against the Jets – Cardinals were playing the Jets. I did for a minute, and then I switched it back. Oh, Fuck damn you, it. Patrick Mahomes. Fuck you. So I'm out. God damn it. I'm an idiot. Ugh, gross. I'm so sorry. Not I'm not. sorry. You don't care. A little bit. A little bit. That's I don't like hearing you lose. I don't hear like you losing money. Ha, lose our money. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like it at all, Bill. That's all I got for you this week on Ham's Epon. That was weak. And don't forget Ham's and Spreads. Thank you, Rick, for chiming in. We're happy that you are back on the winning side of the ledger as well. Hopefully you can pay your mortgage in East Chicago this month. Huh, buddy? This has been Ham's and Bread with a little bit of spreads. Thank you, Dan, for all of your research yet again. You're welcome. Hubba, 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 hubba. Have you ever wanted to follow us? Do it at Zero Doinks. Instagram at Zero Doinks. Twitter at Zero Doinks. Slip into our DMs. Wet, wet, wild. If the hams are a slapping, don't come a slapping. If the hams are a slapping, don't come a slapping. At Zero Doinks. Do you have a bear that you fantasize about every Sunday? So do we. It's Bears Fantasy Corner. Do not, do not, do not, do not.
doinks. Zero doinks. This says a zero doinks. Oh, God, I love fantasizing about all of the bears each Sunday or Thursday, as the case may have been last time. Last time? Last week? English sucks right now for me. Too many hams. Dan, what you got for Bears Fantasy Corner this week, buddy? I know you keep tabs. Shout out to Frank, who actually put a spreadsheet together to actually keep track I intended to go look for it today to see where we lie, but I just went off the top of the dome here. But you had picked Ted Ginn Jr. as your click to pick last week. Whoops. He had zero fantasy points. <laughs> I had picked Allen Robinson, so we he had 11 and a half fantasy points. So I beat you, but on the year you're three and two. So you're still up, buddy. You yes. are still up. Since you're in the lead, why don't you give us your click to pick for this week? Okay, well, I did a little bit of research, as I usually do. So Bears at Panthers, obviously you know this. You're a Bears fan. You're listening. You already knew. One thing about the Panthers, D, they're not that great, and they've given up eight rushing touchdowns this year. So for the first time all year, I am going to ride... David Montgomery, Monty Pylon, as the kids say. That that burp was weird. Uh, here's my prediction for his game line. 100 total yards right on the number. I don't know how many are coming via the rush and via the pass, but he's going to have a hundo, and he's going he's gonna to get in the end zone not once, not thrice, but Whoa. twice. He's getting in twice. Two touchdowns, 100 total yards, at least uh, 22 fantasy points, depending on how many receptions he gets. It's going to be great. Pick him. It's a winner. I like it. I like that pick. I also did about three and a half minutes of research on the Panthers as well, and I noticed they have yet to give up a uh, touchdown to a tight end this year. So you Bears fans have been asking for it. It's coming this week. My click to pick. Rookie. Cole Komet. Yes. He's my click to pick. I'm predicting he's going to have two catches for two yards, (laughs) but two touchdowns. He's a red zone machine. Everyone's going to be focused on Jimmy Graham. Cole Komet is my click to double click my pick Ooh, double click that mouse all night long that's great he is due and the panthers defense is due to give those up so great call love the creativity i'd still beat you though if these things happen i would beat you i wouldn't care if Komet gets in the end zone twice rick fieldsman bets on a cole Komet touchdown every week doesn't he yeah it's concerning it's concerning. It's going to be awesome when it actually hits and he just has, has broken even for the year. He's going to be like plus 1400 and Rick's just going to get his money back <laughs> after that wild ride. Oh. All right. So uh, top performers this week, Bill. Uh, you want to take a guess? I'm going to guess that Cole Komet is one of the top three. You would be fucking wrong. He's got to have at least one fantasy. He has one catch this year. Yeah. So half mm-hmm. a point. I don't know. How, we, how do we score that? Uh, who cares? Who gives a mm-hmm. shit? We've already <laughs> talked about it too long. 
a weird set of top performers this year. Definitely not Dak. Whoops, you're like gone. Here's the top three. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 37.6 points available in the league that we're in together. How weird is that? And he was a top performer. Well, uh, I should have picked him up. I picked up Kirk Cousins for Aaron Rodgers by week, but I escaped with the win. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Nobody cares. Fuck you. That's not sincere. Okay. Uh, uh, Twitter Bears fans that are mad about Cole Komet, close your ears. Chase Claypool was second this week with 37.35 points. Relax. Bears fans, relax. Like, we weren't taking him over a million other guys. He's a wide receiver, not a tight end. Everyone grow up. Justin Herbert. Herbert. Uh, I will admit, I think I was wrong on him. He looks awesome. We shit all over him. He looks awesome. I still can't believe it, but... The Chargers have had some dog shit luck. They've lost so many close games. Last night, they had a pretty good doink. That should have won them that game. So do you get pleasure out of seeing... Oh, pleasure. Do you get get pleasure out of seeing other teams get a doink? Yes, I do. Until I saw fucking Cody Parkey doink one in on Sunday for the Browns. That gave me the exact opposite of pleasure i was fired up i was a little upset as well but fuck you cody parkey you fuck piece you. of shit you piece of shit so those are our top performers of the week and this is i these stats are before tonight's titans uh bills game so if someone finished higher i don't give a fuck i did this earlier today so don't don't come at me with your stats i don't give a fuck i won't read it i won't read it all right bill i won't read okay. it Okay. All right. So this week's Taysom Hill Trash Players of the Week presented by Glad. First one is Jimmy Garoppolo finished with negative 1.67 points. He was 7 of 17 for 77 yards, a lot of sevens. He had two interceptions and got benched, right? Yes, he did. Ooh. Isn't aren't they isn't he making like 30 million a year? He's At making least. a shitload of money. That's awesome. I'm not mad about it. John Lynch, you can go 69 Peter King right to hell with that stupid contract, you dumb fuck. Okay. Next player, Mike Thomas, wide receiver for the Bengals, finished with negative 1.05 points. I don't know why. I don't care. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, negative one with that fuller hit. Boom. Sit down, buddy. I think he was out after that, wasn't he? He he made one more appearance in the game. I only know this because I started him on our fantasy Ooh. squad. But it's okay. Uh, Jack Doinks and I, we laughed after that fumble. We're like, let's just make him a sacrificial lamb for a Bears win tonight. It's fine because we talked about it. Do we bench him? Do we start him? We did not have a lot of options. Big bye week issues, but it's fine. Fuck him. Fuck him indeed. Um, so Taysom Hill, just to give an update. Yeah, let's talk about him. I feel like he's getting a little buzz nationally about how much of a trash player he is. I happened to flip on uh, Mike Greenberg in the middle of the day, and he was even like, I don't get it with, t- with this deal with Taysom Hill and what he's getting paid. Hill had that late touchdown, which gave he ended up with seven fantasy points. 
but he was all of one. He was he threw one pass, didn't complete it. Three rushes for thirteen yards in that touchdown, which was probably what six, seven yards. Yes. And he had two targets as a wide receiver with no catches. And they insist on bringing him in. They brought him in in a oh, few big spots. Huge moments, yes. I would be furious. Someone on Twitter made this point, <laughs> and it was just very concise. Like, Taysom Hill's just Tim Tebow, right? Yes, thank you. Right? And I saw yes. that, and I was like, it blew my mind. I'm like, that's exactly right. Why are we blowing Taysom Hill and I feel vindicated because I've I shit on him for at least a year on this podcast, and now I feel nationally people are like I don't get it. It's like yeah. Sean Payton can't even help himself. Yep. And Greenberg brought up a good point that if Drew Brees gets hurt, are they going to bring Taysom Hill in a quarterback? They're not, right? They're bringing Jameis like they did with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would assume so. That is so funny you mentioned Tebow. I thought that last night too. He's a righty Tim Tebow, and yeah. and probably worse. I bet Tim Tebow would be a better option, and that I don't feel any shame saying that at this point. I he sucks so bad. It is shocking. You absolutely nailed it. It's not just using him; it's the spots that you're using him. You're taking Drew Brees out. I think at least twice last night. I think when the Saints were down both times, and I think they were both third downs at crucial points, and Taysom Hill is either doing Wildcat or whatever the fuck. Like, first of all, is anybody really doing Wildcat anymore? Like, I feel like that's like Ricky Williams, Dave Wanstead, (laughs) right? Like, come on, Sean Payton. Is Sean Payton a little overrated as a play caller? Can we say that, or am I off base here? I think he's... I think so. I think he's doing the Matt Nagy, let's get cute with it just for the sake of doing it. I don't get it. I don't understand why defenses, they're not scared. They shouldn't be scared of him throwing the ball at all. When he's in, you just load the box and oh, load the box. Hubba, 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 hubba. You just load the box and just like, all right, I, we dare you to fucking throw because he's terrible. He's terrible. I don't understand it. And I'm, I feel great that people are on my side now i don't you you never disagreed with me you've been on my side but oh yeah i, I know uh, our buddy ira as well is very much in the uh Taysom hill sucks camp and i couldn't yep. be more proud of it yep and tim from iowa one of the original hams and eggs guy not not fans and eggs because we've known tim a long time uh, I believe he he wants to hear all of the disrespect in Taysom Hill's category, right? But my only hesitation with ripping him as much as you do is the fact that the Bears have to play the Saints later this year, and I feel like Hell's coming to breakfast just by karma only. But fuck you, Taysom Hill. Not scared. Not fucking scared. Our defense is for real. We're going to make Taysom Hill look so fucking stupid. I dare you, Sean Payton. To come into Soldiers Field, I don't even know if it's a home game this year. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Is it? Come into Soldiers yeah. and try to do that cute shit with Taysom Hill, and Mac is going to lay his fucking face on the ground. So I fucking dare you. It's not going to happen. He's trash. Thank you, Glad, for being a sponsor. Thank you, Taysom Hill, for not knowing you're a sponsor, but you are because you are trash and you make mm-hmm. too much money. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Taysom Hill. Um, a quick 
double shout out. You gave Grease Tank a lot of love for putting together that awesome spreadsheet, which I agree. I feel like both you and I are going to wake up to awesome updates from Frank in Ohio. Frank, we love you. We love your dedication to being our main research guy. We love it. We challenged Phil to be a research guy too, but I don't remember the context. So sorry, Phil. Whatever we wanted you to do, keep doing it. (laughs) I just, whenever we mentioned it, the hams were slapping so much and they are right now. So I totally forgot. Uh, But the point of me saying all of this is Frank we love you so much. We love the fact that you are going to be fighting in Barstool's rough and rowdy boxing event next Friday, a week from Friday, October 23rd. Frank got, he had to be selected for this. His promo, if you have not seen it, go to at Zero Doinks and look in our video, like Instagram videos or whatever the fuck they call it. Check it out. It's unbelievable. And the promo video of his opponent, Dan. What are your what were your initial thoughts? Because Rick Fieldsman's concerned about Grease Tank's opponent. What do you think? That that fucking meth head is going down. I don't know who that guy was. Gold teeth? Did he have gold teeth? Yeah, he looks. He claims he's a undefeated street fighter. You know who says that? People who get their ass beat all the time. I got Grease Tank in a quick knockout all the way. That video that Grease Tank had was electric. It was professional, except in the other guy. Nope, he had no. He's he's not a. Uh, what do I say? He's not a showman. He's not good in front of a camera. Grease Tank is. He's gonna put on a show. He's gonna beat the fuck out of him. We've already, we've already put it on our calendars that we're gonna watch it t- all together, yes. right? And yes. I'm very happy about that. Yes, I think we basically, I think unofficially, we probably need to to tie a few knots around this old oak tree. That's not a thing. Uh, I think we invited ourselves to Coach Cuse's house for it, I'm pretty sure. And I think it's on pay-per-view, but it's like 12 bucks. So I encourage all the Zero Doinks listeners to do the same. Support our guy, Frank in Ohio, at Grease Tank. Make it happen. He's going to make all of the monies in the future as a prize fighter. I wonder if they drug test for rough and rowdy. I imagine not. Yeah. Are you concerned? No. I'm just saying just get a quick, quick uh, steroid cycle in if you can. (laughs) Although I think Grease Tank, was he just out of town slamming beers? I feel like not the best training regiment right now. But I got Grease Tank in a quick, quick knockout, and I can't wait to fucking see it. And I feel like he'd be a, a dog, too. I feel like he'd be, like, plus 250 just based off of the, the meth head's face. And I yeah. think, yeah, I think you you put I think you put a ton of cash on that. Yeah, I'd put a mortgage payment on that for sure. Grease Tank, we love you. You're amazing. Can't wait to watch you beat the shit out of that gold tooth meth head motherfucker yeah it's gonna be amazing but not as amazing as watching david montgomery score two touchdowns on sunday to get me another w in bears fantasy corner speaking of david montgomery he went to iowa state speaking of iowa state the next fans and eggs guy he's a big ames guy that segment's coming up next matia I believe, did I pronounce that correctly? Hopefully. 
in Iowa. That was an interview that I did yesterday. Dan was professionally coaching softball or something like that, so he couldn't make it. So I had to hold down the fort. Hopefully it's decent because I felt weird without my buddy Dan Doinks. But Fans and Eggs coming up next. What do you think about that, buddy? I love it. Sorry I missed it. I can't wait to listen to it. Ames, Iowa. Not Iowa City. So I already love it. See you next segment in Iowa. Well, the pen is dry, but my hams are soaking wet. You know a good lie has got some fans and eggs in it. I've waited my whole life for a chance to hear a segment with their fans while I suck on my beer. From Topeka to Maine, from Tokyo to Spain, we all want you here. We want you all here. From New York to Fort Wayne, by Greyhound or by train. I guess I'll keep waiting, waiting for fans and eggs. Welcome back to Zero Doinks. This is our fan interview segment called Fans and Eggs. We have been in about 10 different states so far, and today we are going to go to Iowa to visit Matthias. He is a contributor to Wide Right Natty Light, which is an SB Nation website dedicated to Iowa State football. But he's a big Bears fan as well. So Matthias, Natty Light, when was the last time you had one of those? Uh, It's been under a year. I haven't had one here lately, but since we haven't, there is no tailgating this year. We, I mean, we do have fans in the stands, obviously, like 15,000 or so, but there is no tailgating. So um, I haven't got rambunctious with the beer choices just yet, but it's been under a year. Okay. All right. That's fair. I I was kind of hoping you were going to say like under 24 hours. Actually. No, 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 not under 20. I don't have Natty Lights readily available in my fridge. More of the... As uh, most people know, or well, a lot of people know, Iowans were kind of fond of the bush lights, so uh, okay. bush lights are in the fridge. All right, that's fair. We're on on this show. Both Dan and I are we're uh, we're big hams guys. If we're going oh with the cheap beer, I know. There you go. <laughs> it's high quality. It's a high quality go. brew. That's right. That's right. Um, so Iowa State. Let's talk about them for a few minutes. So they're three and zero in the in the Big Twelve so far, right? A top twenty team. What what do you think their prospects are for the rest of the year? Well, um, you know, we went into this season believing that this was going to be the uh, the best Iowa State team ever, um, and that's not saying much. It's because Iowa State's football history isn't very illustrious compared to some others. But under Matt Campbell, that has uh, changed pretty quick. Um, but things didn't get started very well when we go and lose to Louisiana first game of the season, no fans are in the stands. It's just kind of like a dead zone. And, um, there's some rumbling coming out that they were dealing with contract contact tracing all week. Um, so a lot of guys were out of practices and not getting ready for the game. And they kind of just went into the game. It kind of looked like they had never practiced before. And that, you know, the stories that come out after that game kind of make sense, but you don't want to make excuses for that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like you said, we're, they're three and in the big 12 right now. Um, took down Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Texas, both are two games behind in the standings. So, um, Iowa state, Kansas state and Oklahoma state are all undefeated in the big 12 right now and kind of vying for those top two positions. Um, and Iowa state and Oklahoma state play here in two weeks after the buys. 
Um, Oklahoma State was supposed to play Baylor, but they, Baylor had a COVID outbreak, so that game got pushed back to December 12th. So we're kind of we're kind of up against things here. Not not quite as bad as the Big Ten is, you know, when they start playing, but yeah. um, you know, there's going to be no room for error in the COVID realm of things. So yeah, um, if they can get by Oklahoma State, they're in the they're in the driver's seat. I mean, they're sitting they're still sitting pretty good. They do end up losing that game, but um, you know, to have in you know late October and people are talking about Iowa State being you know the front runner to win the Big Twelve is kind of weird, but you know, hey, I'll take it. That's awesome. No, I uh, uh, both Dan and I are, are Big Ten alums. He's a he's a Minnesota Gopher, and I'm I'm an Illini guy. And and uh, you're right. It's Big Big Ten has put themselves in a in a tough spot with no bye weeks or anything. So if they've got to bounce, you know, a week for COVID reasons, I'm I'm not sure what they're gonna do, but. It seemed like Big 12 had a little better of a plan, at least going in, and gave themselves some flexibility. Yep, yep. Uh, it's going to be uh, as thing as well as things have started, you know, kind of with the NFL. Obviously, the NFL's kind of been a little bit, you know, a little strenuous here lately, and college football's kind of gone through things without much of a hiccup other than this Baylor thing. So as, as much of a breeze as it's been to get started through this thing, I think – feel like it's going to get very interesting towards the end of this thing before it's all said and done. Yes, I, I think you're absolutely right. I know. Um, so Iowa State, you guys you have one of my all time favorite Illini quarterbacks and Nathan Shieldhouse. Yeah, he, uh, I know when Lovey Smith let him go a few years ago, I was I I thought that was a huge mistake. And, and Matt Campbell scooped him up right away. What's what's his reputation and aims? So I have a, um, so my dad, actually, this is a, I'm going to go back to my Illinois roots here, but my dad has a degree from the university of Illinois and, you know, kind of growing up, you know, randomly would watch Illinois games and, uh, uh, was with the Ron Zook teams, correct? Yes. Yep. So I remember vividly just watching him play quarterback there for a little bit for Ron Zook and stuff like that. So I remember him. So when he came on as, you know, on the Iowa State staff, I was like, hey, I kind of know that guy, you know. I remember watching him play quarterback. So, But uh, Iowa State's tight end coach last season left to go be the offensive coordinator at US, uh, UCF. Um, and Nathan Shieldhouse was the assistant, uh, you want to call him, assistant recruiting coordinator. And Matt Campbell promoted him to be the, the main guy in the recruiting t- uh, realm of things. And any big name guy that they're going to go after, you know, whether it's the four stars or the five stars, you know, that they offer, Nathan Shieldhouse is that guy that goes and visits those guys right away. Obviously, they're not recruiting, you know, in home right now just because of COVID and stuff. But when they're making that initial contact, whether it's, you know, Matt Campbell going with or making that call to Nathan, Nathan is right there with them. So um, if they need a big scoop, he's the guy to do it. And um, he's the running running back coach uh, right now, too. Um, so, or no, 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 he got moved from that. Sorry. He was that last year and they hired the guy from Northwestern. Sorry. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, he's been, he's been a great addition. I have a feeling he's not going to be at Iowa state much longer just because he's going to be offered a position somewhere else as an offensive coordinator, whatever it be, because he is, you look around and read some of these articles and hear from certain people within the realms of the coaching ranks that they, talk about and he is the hot commodity that people are thinking of as the next up-and-comer which is great um you know matt campbell just kind of still being fresh in the head coaching realm of things you know he's building a coaching tree um so that's while it's bad it's also a good problem to have because you know you're doing well enough that these guys are going to 
go out and get different jobs somewhere else and get paid. No, that's that is very true. Yeah, I think it's it's a good thing ultimately. And I got you know, assuming you hang on to a guy like Matt Campbell, and you know you don't you don't lose Nate Shieldhouse only to lose Campbell a few years later. Is, are there any rumblings that he's got his eye on on a you know a huge top five job out there in Matt Campbell, or or do you think you can keep him in Ames for a while? I I shouldn't joke about. I mean, there's nothing to really joke about this the world we're in right now, but. Uh, the blessing in disguise of all this is that nobody's going to have any money to pay coaches. So <laughs> <Good point. laughs> uh, nobody's going to want to buy out contracts. Nobody's going to want to pay a high name coach to come in and coach a program. So I think we're stuck with Matt Campbell for a couple more years, at least, and no, don't have to worry about it. That's good. That's, that's awesome. Are you, um, so do you live in Ames currently? I live in Ames currently. Yes. Do you, okay. so what is the, what's the draw uh, for the college. I've never been to Ames. I've been to disgusting Iowa city. We can talk about that in a minute, but, um, <laughs> uh, what is the draw for a college athlete to, to Ames? I've said, I remember getting their brochure when I was like a senior in high school. I'm like, Oh, that place looks very pretty. So what's the, what, what drives like a four-star running back to, to Ames? Uh, well, right now it's Matt Campbell and the coaching staff. If you would have had beforehand, um, before he started getting the results on the football field, if you would have said four-star recruit come names, yeah, right. There's, there is literally, we're in smack dab in the middle of Iowa. You drive 15 minutes each way out of this town. There's a cornfield. You know, these guys from Florida are not going to just come. Like, wow, there's not there. There's no like, I mean, we got bars and stuff here in town for the college kids, but it's nothing spectacular. I mean, you know, it's there. There literally is nothing in Ames that would be is like a wow factor. You know, compared to. You know, being down in Florida or being in, I don't know, in in terms of like TCU, you're in Dallas, you're Fort Worth, you're right next to a big city. There's plenty to do there. We don't, I mean, you can go to Des Moines from Ames, but that's another 30 minutes. So um, thankfully we have a coach now that has gotten results on the football field where, you know, if he keeps winning and can get Iowa State to a Big 12 championship this year, at least even just playing it, that's just going to be a bigger draw because, you know, He's getting guys to the NFL, as we know, David Montgomery with the Bears. And um, this year we're probably going to have a tight end drafted. And who knows if Brock Purdy decides to leave, he could be one of the top quarterbacks taken, top five quarterbacks taken. He won't be top three, but, you know, he could be four or five. Um, But so the NFL talent's going to start coming out of Ames too. So that's going to be a little bit of a draw. No, that that makes a ton of sense. Have you uh, have you always been an Iowa State guy? Have you lived in Ames for a while, or how how did that come about? I've been in Ames for at least ten years. Obviously, uh, going from college uh, to just staying here. Um, I work in agriculture, so Iowa State obviously Iowa State's an agriculture school, so it just kind of meshed together. So, um, but I work with farmers and stuff, so I just haven't left because my drive times are relatively close to here. So we stay here and my wife works 15 minutes from Ames too. So um, I haven't always been an Iowa state guy because I, we lived in Illinois for, you know, up until I was about 10, 12, I can't remember exactly. And then we moved out to Iowa. So um, I actually was more of a Notre Dame fan than anything beforehand because my first college football game, that I ever went to was Notre Dame versus Oklahoma. And Bob Davey was the head coach of Notre Dame and Bob Stoops was in his second year. So um, that was a long time ago, but that was my first college football game ever going to. And I just haven't stopped watching Notre Dame since. And it was really weird 
uh, Iowa State and Notre Dame played each other in the Camping World Bowl last year, so it was kind of like, oh shit, you know, who do I, uh, who do I uh, root for here? But you know, I had to obviously go with Iowa State, but then Notre Dame whooped on them, so it was weird. But yeah, so it, it just kind of been all over the place. But I've always been a Chicago sports fan, so that's that's obviously never left. No, that's good. Yeah. So what you mentioned, David Montgomery, uh, a little bit ago. So what was your reaction when the Bears drafted and not not only drafted but traded up to get him? Well, you know, I was I was writing recruiting profiles for our site at least, and I was talking with some of the the Windy City Gridiron guys, obviously because they're a SB Nation site. You know, we did podcasts and things like that. You know, it was just more of a you know David Montgomery fits the Bears' office because Matt Nagy came from Kansas City. Kansas City, you know, runs the type of offense essentially that Iowa State currently runs. You know, you're running out of the shotgun formation, etc. Um, and then. You know, I had him. I had him pegged to fit in with the Chiefs, the Bears, the Eagles, and I, I think maybe the Ravens. Um, and you know, a couple of Iowa State fans were coming at me. You know that ah, Bears don't need David Montgomery. They're gonna draft something else before them. Blah blah blah. There's no way David Montgomery's gonna fit there. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll see. And then they uh, obviously traded up to uh, trade him, um, and I was elated, and I bought that jersey right away. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I don't blame yeah, he – I mean, yeah, I love him. I love watching him. But do you think he's being used properly with uh, with Nagy's offense, or do you think there's there's uh, some missing components that can be improved upon? I don't think he's being used yet properly, but it's not for the fault of David Montgomery or, or Matt Nagy. I think Matt Nagy obviously wants to use him, and he mentions him like pretty much every press conference, it seems like. Um, it's just that these – offensive linemen just can't seem to get out of their own way whether when they do start blocking well then something obviously gets in the way whether they're down 17 then you gotta start passing or you know you go against the colts and then the tampa bay buccaneers who have the two the best defensive lines or front sevens that the bears will probably see all season so the last two weeks obviously haven't been so great in the run game but that's just because they couldn't run the ball and Chicago doesn't have that X factor offensive lineman yet. Um, you know, obviously Cody Whitehire is pretty, pretty solid. James Daniels, you know, was getting better until he tore his peck on uh, Thursday night. So there was some things to work with, but I you know, he has nothing to really shake a stick at. And the two tackles, Massey and Leno have been rather, you know, they've been okay, but they haven't been great. And as a tackle position, at least at the left tackle position, you need to have guys that are going to be, something that's going to lock you down and not give up pressures every play. And, you know, Charles Lennell has, I would say he's almost regressed since 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 2018, he was pretty solid. Um, you never really noticed him in the last two seasons. You're noticing him all the time. And Bobby Massey just really hasn't, I mean, he's been there. He's not been anything right. to shake a stick at either. So right. um, I, th- I feel like both those guys are going to be gone after this season. And then they're going to at least probably draft a tackle in the upcoming draft in the first round or second round. But, um, you know, we're only, we're only, what, five games into this season so far. A lot can change in the run game, and I hope it does. But at least this year compared to last year, and it's probably due to the Tariq Cohen injury where he's out and there's nobody else behind David Montgomery. David Montgomery's being used in the past game when he's not getting the touches on the run. So that's been great. So at least he's still getting the ball. Yeah, no, and that's that has been, I think, an improvement. I think you're right. Tariq Cohen being out, I think, can only help uh, David Montgomery to be used correctly. Are you, um, so yeah, five games in, four and one. 
how surprised are you with that, if at all? And what do you think the what are your prospects and projections for the rest of the Bears season? Well, I, when I looked at the schedule when it came out, I it was always you know I think it was with everybody else it was more of the quarterback play. How well was Mitchell Trubisky going to get off to a start, or how well was Nick Foles going to start off if he became the starter right away? Um, and we now see we're still kind of stagnant, but those five games leading up to it were very winnable. Obviously, if you told me back in whatever the month that the schedule came out, that you know, out of those first five games, which one's going to be the hardest, I would have picked Tampa Bay. But then the Bears beat Tampa Bay and then they lose to the Colts. I thought they could start off four and oh, and you know, then probably lose to Tampa Bay. But you know, hey, four and one start either way. So now. You know, you got a winnable game against Carolina, so they're in your 5-1. So you're in prime position for a playoff run. I don't think they're going to win the NFC North unless, like, the Packers somehow magically slow down. Or maybe the Packers are off to, you know, a magical start, too, that they're going to cool off. It's probably probably will, but they're still going to be decent. Um, so I don't think the Bears are going to win the NFC North just yet. Things can happen, but I do think with the extra, the extra wild card spot, they're in a really good position to be – in the playoffs and you know for all intents and purposes for the past coaches that we've had and the past teams that the bears have had uh another playoff run under matt nagy i think we got to be pretty happy with and you have extra draft picks coming into this you know next next spring um who knows what the cap situation will be looking like but at least we have more draft capital than years in the past that's that is so true this it'll be a first i, I feel like in a while right first yes first time we've had a first rounder in a couple of years are you um I mean, and and regardless of how Nick Foles does the rest of this year, assuming he stays healthy and all that, it seems obvious that the Bears need to grab a developmental quarterback at, at some point in the draft. Are there any – you watch a lot more college football than I do, I'm guessing. Is there anybody that's caught your eye outside of Trevor Lawrence that you think, you know, if you if you were Ryan Pace, that's a guy that you would you'd jump on? Well, I think – Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be gone first uh, first pick. And then Justin Fields uh, is going to be gone as well in the top, um, top rounds as well or top couple picks as well. So um, there is talks of oh, – I'm trying to think of his name right now. People have been saying Sam Ellinger. I don't think he's good. I don't think he fits the mold of the Bears offense, and he just doesn't have the accuracy. If you want another uh, Mitch Trubisky – reincarnation of inaccuracy then yeah sure draft uh sam ellinger but um oh i'm trying to think of the kid out of uh, north dakota state uh i know i can never remember his name either uh, i'm gonna look it up really quick because i don't want to say it wrong um trey lance yep he he actually officially declared and he's off the nfl draft but i feel like he's gonna be if if the bears get to eight or nine wins they're gonna be out of that top 15 realm where three quarterbacks are probably going to go. So then you're looking at Kyle Trask from Florida. He could be a possibility there. Um, and then if Brock Purdy from Iowa State gets out of there, you know, he he starts to heat up, and then, you know, if somebody is in his ear and tell him, you got to go to the NFL, there's five quarterbacks that could be taken in the first two rounds. Um, Brock Purdy would fit the Bears' offense. I feel like that would be the guy – that would 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 run Matt Nagy's offense to a tee. The only problem is his deep ball just isn't quite as accurate as you know it could be. With the you know I think the Bears want to stretch the field a little bit more what they can. But I think 
I think the best case scenario is for the Bears, if they're going to win and make the playoffs, obviously Nick Foles is going to be playing a little bit better than what he is right now. The offense kind of picks it up a little bit. And you can buy yourself another year, maybe draft a quarterback in the third or fourth round that might be a guy that ends up being like a Russell Wilson or whatever it may be. You buy yourself an extra year, you draft a lineman, some other needs before then, and then you still have that defense who's pretty good. Nick Foles gets another year of maybe a full offseason if COVID is gone with Matt Nagy to kind of buy yourself some time with a, a playoff caliber team. I know Nick Foles isn't that high-level, high-talent quarterback, but we have seen that he's made two playoff runs with the Eagles in that same offense. There's no there's no reason why he can't do it again. So the, the ability is there. So if you can buy yourself one more year, um, make another playoff run, and because you're going to need some tackles too. So what if you draft a quarterback in the first round, you miss some high-level talent at the tackle position too when you need two tackles. So there's a lot of uh, – a lot of questions there in the offensive side of the ball, and obviously the defense is getting a little bit older as well, but they have drafted some positions there as well to kind of buy himself some more time there too. So um, they just don't have that much leniency on the offensive side of the ball. It's kind of not we're – in, we're in about a year or two of now or never type of scenarios, and I don't know if they can afford to really wait on a rookie quarterback in you know next year with the aging defense. Yeah, I think that's true. Doesn't that, it feels like the story of our life, doesn't it? It's always exactly. the, it's always the offense. You get yeah, you got a certain window with the defense. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's the fun. odds are there that the Bears are going to hit on a superstar quarterback one of these times. Yeah, now, I'm not saying it's going to be in the next five, five or ten years, but it may be thirty years from now. But at least they're going to hit it one of these yeah. times. They have to. They have to. We deserve it. Are you exactly. um, who do you who do you consider the greatest uh, NFL player that's ever come out of Iowa State? <laughs> well, our football our football history isn't the greatest, so uh, you know we don't have a really whole lot of people from past coaches here in the recent years that have been really great. Um, you know, we've had some solid people, I guess you could say, like AJ Klein, who's been a linebacker here for a while. You know, he's still playing. Uh, Colecio Semley, um, he just went down yesterday with two tendon tears in his knees for the Chiefs. Um, he's won a Super Bowl. Obviously, I mean, talent wise. Right now, David Montgomery is really good. Uh, Troy Davis, who never made it to the NFL, but he almost won the Heisman twice. Uh, he could have been good, but he uh, kind of decided to fail his Wonderlick test. Um, <laughs> so that never really transpired. Alan Lazard for the Packers, gross. Um, gross. He's still playing pretty well. Um, we just have we don't have a, a great great guy just yet. Um, we've had some. We've had a quarterback. Man, you're going to really test my knowledge here of Iowa State players, but there's Matt Blair who played for the Vikings years and years ago. He was on the defensive side of the ball. Um, quarterbacks, you know, had we have you know Seneca Wallace. He there was really good in college. Yeah. Um, he had a, a decent NFL career. He was a you know backup for a long time. He had some great years of starting. Um, had to make a, a pitiful stop with the Browns, but it seems like everybody does that if you're a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've had some solid people make it in. We just don't have that one great guy just yet. And maybe maybe David Montgomery becomes that guy. You know, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, the ties to Iowa State, I always think, you know, in, in the professional realm, I think of the Chicago Bulls, actually. Oh, yeah. you, said, you said you're a Chicago sports guy. So, yeah, the uh, the Tim Floyd era, the, the Fred Hoiberg and – 
and and uh, you know, don't forget about Marcus Pfizer also, right? <laughs> I've done podcasts with Mike Marcus Pfizer and have, have actually talked about him with his days with the Bulls fans, and that's you know, he was really good. I just don't know. I mean, it was just it just seems like everything else that's gone in the Bulls' way. Nothing really seems to work out. And I will I will take it to my grave that the uh, Gar Pax era did not give Fred Hoiberg enough time to really even do anything. He didn't even have any players that fit the system he wanted to run. I mean, yes. come on. And and for the love of God, he took Rajon Rondo by himself to the playoffs and almost beat the Celtics until Ron, Rondo got hurt. I mean, come on. Give the guy some credit here, people. That's I think that's very true, actually. Yeah, Hoiberg, it – it made sense for how they were describing everything on paper. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you, you sign a 400 year old Dwayne Wade saying you want to be young and athletic. It, that yeah. did not make any sense. If, if Rajon Rondo did not get hurt against that series against the Bulls, Fred Hoiberg would have been the head coach. We, the Bulls wouldn't have Billy Donovan right now if Rajon Rondo didn't get hurt. So I guess, I guess in, in long term, you could probably think for the uh, sanity of Bulls fans and the future of the, of the, uh, franchise thank Rajon Rondo for getting hurt because if that didn't happen there is no Arturis right now there's no Billy Donovan there's no new GM Garpak still have a job and it's just the same old same old right now and people are still mad about it so thank you Rajon Rondo that's right thank you Rajon Rondo and congratulations on your title that you now share with THT from from Iowa State as well right how about that exactly yeah there's a lot of Iowa State things going on right now here (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Ames is hot and yeah. certainly hotter than Iowa City. Can we make fun of Iowa here for a minute? I feel like we should. Yeah. What do you got? I mean, I, I can go all day long, but I mean, some of it's probably not like really PG rated either. That's fine. We There's no no censorship on our podcast. The Do you consider them your biggest rival or is there somebody in the Big 12 that, that you consider more? You know, if you go on Twitter and read through, yeah, Iowa would be the biggest rival. But to me... Um, yeah, I would love to beat Iowa in football, but I'd rather go. People aren't going to remember in 10 years if we beat Iowa in 2020, if Iowa State wins the Big 12 title in football in 2020. Nobody's going to give a crap about that. <laughs> they're going to remember, hey, that's the year we won the Big 12 title. We yeah. didn't. We, we, they're they're going to forget about Iowa. Um, it's been more fun here lately. I mean, we haven't beat Iowa in five years, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's been more fun. You know, you, you talk about – I'll talk about basketball here a little bit just because this is a better way to describe it. I think Iowa State's been traditionally better in basketball than football. But um, there were, there was a fierce rivalry against Iowa in basketball, sure. But when Fred Hoiberg and his teams used to go up against, you know, the Bill Self, uh, Perry Elses, and Jayhawks of Kansas, that became more intense and more choppy than ever in any Iowa basketball game ever. Fred Hoiberg and Bill Self – on the basketball court, like hated each other. Those teams despised each other and they would fight basically in, in terms of a basketball fight. It would be a slugfest every time they played. And it was entertaining. You go to Iowa and then Fred Hoiberg is launching up 43s and beating Iowa by 15 and it's boring as heck. But then you go against Kansas and you're slobber knocking each other. So um, now in football terms, it's great when, you know, like last year we beat Texas. Uh, this year, you know, we beat Oklahoma for the second time in four years. I mean, it's been more fun to do those kind of things right now and kind of put your name on the map. We're going to put our name – Iowa State's going to put their name on the map more nationally on, you know, ESPN and things like that by beating Texas and Oklahoma than they are going to beat Iowa. 
Iowa obviously is a sound program as, as, as much as it pains me to say it, but there's more value nationally for Iowa State to beat Oklahoma and Texas. And I feel like obviously we're not going to have a heated rivalry like Oklahoma and Texas do with those two, but um, there's more value for us to beat Iowa. Now, that still doesn't change the fact that we can still hate on Iowa. Yeah, well, absolutely. Plus, uh, you know, I think any program in the country hopefully can say at least they don't, you know, have a bunch of crazy racists on their staff. And exactly, the- exactly. <laughs> well, was- we'll say that in the back pocket when they start talking smack if, they, if Iowa starts 4-0, and be like, well, at least we're not ran by racists. So. That, that's right. That's right. We, we can all say that. I know. And yeah, I feel the same way as, as an Illinois alum. You know, I, I can't say a lot on the football end. So, yeah, I usually default to basketball myself. So exactly. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, plus, I feel like there's too many come and goes in Iowa City, and that name makes me feel weird. <laughs> there's too many come and goes in Iowa, period. I mean, they, I mean, in Ames alone, I think we got four, and they just built a brand new one. That's very sad. Like, what? Who is? How'd that name come about? That's that's the weirdest thing about maybe the whole state, in my opinion. I, I don't know. They got that, and then them and Casey's. They like fight on ch- Twitter and stuff. Casey's General Stores. They they fight on Twitter. Come and go. And now from coming down from Wisconsin is a quick uh, gas station called Quick Star, and they're trying to start their way back west in Iowa. So we have like a three gas station battle going on right now in Iowa. If, if there's nothing else in Iowa other than watch Iowa and Iowa State play football, you can watch a, a gas station battle go on when they, as they build new, brand new gas stations right across the street from one another. I love it. I love it. Get, yeah, some turf wars. This is good stuff. Exactly. That's nice, man. Well, do you want to want to plug your your site or your podcast or anything like that before we go? Yeah. So uh, we got um, for all things Iowa State. Um, I do write a little bit about David Montgomery. Obviously, I can't do too much because uh, SB Nation already has a Bears site, which is when you sit in grind, gridiron. So if you don't know what SB Nation is, go follow them. Uh, they got good content and a lot of great writers there. Uh, as for Iowa State, it's at wideRightNattyLight.com. Um, you can find myself on Twitter at Matthias W R N L. That is M A T T H I A S W R N L. Um, I tweet about Bears, Iowa State. I feel like I lose more followers during a Bears game because I get more angrier in a Bears game than I do an Iowa State game. But I digress. So yeah, uh, if you want angry tweets during a Bears game, usually pointed at a quarterback. Um, Come follow me there. So, yeah, all things Iowa State there. Hey, and maybe Iowa State's got a really great running back coming up. You know and you know how running backs go in the NFL. Maybe by the time that the Bears get tired of David Montgomery, they can draft uh, Iowa State running back Brees Hall, who is actually way better than David Montgomery. I hate to say I love David Montgomery, but this guy is better than David Montgomery. Oh, he man. breaks tackles just as well as David Montgomery does, but the vision and speed are ten times better. That is a tease. Yeah, you, you got to stack up. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah, no matter how good David Montgomery is, you know, he's not going to last forever. Yep, exactly. So uh, Matt Nagy's got his uh, running back, two waiting in the wings here in Ames, Iowa. We'll keep him safe until they need to draft another one, but he'll be ready to go in two years. I love it. Well, yeah, please keep him safe, you know, keep him healthy, and, and we'll be ready for him. Uh, Matias, man, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you jumping on, and, and I encourage all of our listeners to, to check them out. Thanks, Matias. All right. Thank you.
right, we're going to wrap this bitch up before we beat some ass in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hopefully there's not a Bears staff member who's fucking in front of another Bears member, staff member this weekend, but yeah, they're not traveling. So yeah, that's not happening. But if it is, you know what? Just turn that AC unit up to full blast and cover your ears. All right, Bill, I know we want to talk a little baseball. We're just jamming Ham's E-Ted into this. But before we do that, how'd your marathon go, buddy? Oh, thanks for asking, bud. Yeah, I did a uh, a marathon on Sunday per last episode. I teased that a little bit. Did it in beautiful Naperville, Illinois. Uh, ran by myself for 23 of the miles. One of my friends, uh, Whitney Doinks, joined me for a couple miles late. So thank you, Whitney, for that. That was a pleasant surprise. That was awesome. And um, it was great. I finished. I still can't walk really well. We're recording this on Tuesday. I'm limping around like an old man. But all is well, buddy. It was great. Thank you for asking. Did you win? I did. I came in first place out of one. So I did cross that finish line. It was great. So Chicago Marathon is actually accepting everybody's uh, times, which is great. They asked for proof. My phone died. So I didn't have proof that I actually oh, did it, but it wasn't like I was competing for anything. So I put in the remarks, sorry, no proof. Phone died. And they immediately accepted my time. So thank you. Oh, they you. did? Okay. They did. They did. So it'll be fine. I'm official. It wasn't it. A- it wasn't a questionable time. Is there? No. Were there professionals running this as well, like they normally uh, do? I think so. Although it wouldn't have qualified them for any future races, as the Chicago Marathon does qualify people for New York. I want to say, um, but yeah, looking at like the top ten when I submitted my time, like the top ten were all like two hours and twenty minutes, and I'm thinking, how the fuck do you run twenty six point two? in that time disgusting so yeah those must have been pros i'm proud of you buddy that's how many how many for you now that's four i want to do one more before uh i retire my left knee is basically retired so (laughs) i have one more maybe we'll see when when okay so you want to do one more just because you want to hit five yeah just so you could say it or okay yes yeah so is that when you buy the 26.2 sticker for your car or when Fuck do you no. actually earn that never buy that never buy that i sorry if i'm insulting any runners out there but i'm not a fan of those stickers i put those in the same category as like the people that have all the kids and the people that have uh like calvin pissing on somebody basically just stop it the only bumper sticker you should have is either a grease tank sticker or a zero doink sticker uh fuck you stickers (laughs) you're an anti-sticker guy Uh, i'm with you there no i actually i'm gonna buy you a 20 26.2 sticker and slap it on your mercedes that's not what you drive i don't want to give it away anus Slap it on your anus for the hubba, 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 hubba. All right. I know we want to get to baseball talk. There's a lot that's happened in the last 24 hours, last day, day day plus. I don't know time. For your Chicago White Sox, I'm going to give you the floor, Bill. Let me have it. All right. So in case you missed it, the White Sox surprised me and I think other White Sox fans by – 
firing, or as they said officially, mutually agreeing to part ways with Ricky Renteria and 18-year pitching coach Don Cooper. Great move. That shows you're a big boy organization, even though David Haw disagrees. He thought it was disrespectful to a nice guy, even though he was pro that same exact move when the Cubs did it a number of years ago to hire Joe Madden. So fuck you, David Haw, you rubbery-faced weird. I got a little flack on that from Twitter from somebody who asked me to describe it. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Yeah, that was a great exchange that I caught is someone was you made great points on Twitter, but they were so thrown off by you saying he had a wet, rubbery face that they wanted you to explain yourself. I don't recall exactly. Your response was great, and I felt like they were like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody somebody basically, they almost like apologize. I think it's a, it's like a blogger for, for some bear site, and I'm sure they're great. This is not a rip on them at all, but they said, uh, I'm sorry, but what does wet, rubbery face David Haw mean? And I think and the response was something like, oh, you know, it's it's literally his face. It looks very wet and rubbery, and I think it, it masks his bad sports takes. And they said, oh, that kind of sounds mean. And I think I said, agree to agree, because it is mean. It's not nice. I can't justify it, but it, that's from See Me After Class Season 1, so... You know, listen to the best of there, and you'll get the full context. I get one other. I don't want to. I don't want to submarine this the Sox talk here, but I also went down a wormhole on Twitter this past week of warning people to not say mean things to Brad Biggs. I don't know if you caught any of that. Of no, no. There were people saying like, just may. <laughs> I don't know. I'm such a loser. People were because I've been blocked by Brad Biggs for years for suggesting he might get a little sweaty in Bourbonnet during camp. But someone made a comment on Twitter about saying something about big news with Brad Biggs, and I said, "Oh, buddy!" And I can't <laughs> see the, I can't see Brad's tweet because it's because I'm blocked. And I say, "Better be careful. Don't say anything big or large in regards to Brad Biggs." And the guy's like, what do you mean? I go, he's very soft, so you better be careful because he will block you immediately. And the guy's like, I'm not implying that at all. And then I just, I'll be honest, I was being a troll and I was trying to get this guy blocked, even though I don't <laughs> think I don't think Brad could see my comments. But it just in case he made a comment like, I didn't call Brad very large and then he gets blocked so i'm sorry to that person if you're listening i was being a bit of a troll but bill i'm sorry to submarine that but that got me thinking is you were trolling ha and the wet rubbery face caught my eye and i love (laughs) love that line yeah that it it got a lot of twitter traction for for whatever reason and and to david ha's credit i do have to give him credit he is not blocked at Zero Doinks on Twitter, despite all of the trolling that has been done in his direction. So I got to give him some respect for that, unlike the very large, very gassy Brad Biggs that blocked at Zero Doinks almost immediately. So fuck you, Brad Biggs. Seriously, get thicker skin. You've got a lot to spare. So the White Sox, back to the White Sox. So yeah, fired Renteria, fantastic. 
great big boy move. Fired Don Cooper, fantastic. Fuck that guy. He hasn't done anything since he fixed Esteban Loiza about 12 years ago, maybe 14 years ago. So, a uh, fuck you, Don Cooper, you weird. I'm excited about it. I've been taking the temperature from other White Sox fans a little bit with, hey, were you surprised by the move? You know, what do you think? Who should be the next guy? What do you, what do you think of all that? And I think to a man, the White Sox fans I've been talking to have been surprised by the boldness of the move by Rick Hahn, the fact that Jerry Reinsdorf and clan were willing to eat at least one year of the Rick Renteria deal, which I assume was for $5 because that guy, he cannot choose a lineup. He cannot manage a bullpen, which are the two things you have to do as a manager in modern baseball. He couldn't do either of them. The last couple weeks sank his battleship as well as the first round of the playoffs. But Dan, I feel like you're curious about who the hire is going to be. Is that is that true? I feel like you're you're paying very close attention. I am, and I sent you a screenshot shortly before this on something I I want you to bring it up. I don't want to bring it up first, but I was excited for it, and you said I have thoughts. I'm waiting for those thoughts. Yeah, okay, that's great. So, uh, so one of the rumors out there of a candidate for the next uh, manager for the future World Series winning Chicago White Sox is Tony LaRussa, but okay. The only person mentioning this, this has to be said, is Bob Nightingale from USA Today. He is literally the only person talking about it. If if anybody's been paying attention to Bob Nightingale's sources throughout the years for the White Sox, he has two sources. They are Kenny Williams and they are Jerry Reinsdorf. He carries water for both of them. So my thought, my hopeful thought, is that this is a weird smokescreen. Like, Jerry Reinsdorf loves Tony LaRussa. He still regrets the fact that he allowed Hawk Harrelson when he was a GM for the White Sox. Very weird. He fired Tony LaRussa in the 80s, and I think Jerry Reinsdorf's always regretted that. I don't know why Tony LaRussa would want his name mentioned for a managerial job right now. He's like 106, but I feel like there's some connection there to get him in the bloodstream. Again, I don't know why. Very weird. I would be shocked if he's actually a real candidate as opposed to like Reinsdorf. Hey, hey, Rick Hahn, can you call, can you call him? We're buddies. That's my theory. If I'm wrong, I will eat my hat, but that it makes no sense because Hahn basically gave like the prereq for his next hire. He said somebody that has had a modern, he's like a modern day baseball guy. He's had recent, October success as a manager like that. Those are very important. They, they don't have to have those things, but that's important to Rick Hahn. I don't. And as a Sox fan, I don't have the same Tony Larusa hate than that Cubs fans do. But at the same time, I remember Tony Larusa as the A's manager when they were in the AL West with the White Sox. And I fucking hated that asshole then. So I, I don't want them to hire Tony Larusa. I will feel disgusting if they do. I feel like no matter who the manager is, it'll be an improvement of Rick Renteria 
just don't don't be Tony Larusa. What do you think? If the Sox hired Tony Larusa, what would Dan Doix think? That's what I want to know. It's yeah, Nightingale. He doubled down on it today, right? That's the screenshot I sent you. I thought the the first one I thought was just fun and games. Like, oh, the Sox are maybe going to talk to Tony Larusa. And Nightingale doubled down today by saying he's their top candidate. What? No fucking way. You're right. R- Rick Hahn basically all but said it's they're going after A.J. Hinch, right? He's like someone who's been in a championship organization very recently. <laughs> and he also – didn't he also just say we're not interviewing Ozzie Guillen? Like yes. just came out and says like, yes. so, so stop that rumor. It's not happening. Which I appreciate that he's like, I'm not going to string you along here. It's just not happening. So, as a I, – I, and I've, I've, told, I've said this many times. I like this Sox team. I don't hate the Sox. But as a Cubs fan and being a trolling Cubs fan, there's nothing better than Tony La Russa or A.J. Hinch because Tony La Russa is a fucking old scumbag. He's – if you want to talk about a scumbag, that dude – legitimately dig into his past he had a whole family that he just disowned to hook up with a chick and start in a new family like he's legitimately a piece of shit and i that comes from a place of hate because he was a cardinals guy (laughs) so you're right i fucking hate him too with a passion so i could troll you for that because he's 90 years old he's 76 i think is his actual i think he might be 78 but either way oh really okay No, stop it. That would be so ridiculous and such a waste of time with this awesome core of a team. AJ Hinch, I'm I'm gonna throw the cheating stuff at you and all Sox fans for I think that's actually a great hire that's off the record that I'm not saying in a microphone right now. I think it's a great hire, but the cheating stuff will always come up and I'm excited to do that. But I think he he's the move. He's the move. Otherwise those are the only those are the only guys I've heard of. Who else could it be? Yeah, Cora. I mean, what? Uh, Cora right, would. Right, <laughs> uh, right. We're in this. We're in the cheating category again. Exactly. I mean, those are the two. Those are the two guys. It's AJ Hinch or it's it's Alex Cora. I guess you could put Sandy Alomar Jr. in the mix as a as a third option. Fine. And and I know I know Jerry loves him. Rakan loves him. Kenny loves him. So I I guess I wouldn't be stunned if it were Sandy Alomar, but. AJ, I've already talked myself into AJ Hinch. I'm convinced it's AJ Hinch. I did like we mentioned it. I think a little bit on Zerdunks last year. Like, was the Houston uh, punishment enough? I feel like we touched a little bit, like on a weird outro, and I think we both thought it was very soft. I don't think we talked about AJ Hinch necessarily. So oh, I refresh I, my memory, uh, unless we did. Oh, we dude, did. I I honestly thought you were gonna just defend aj hinch through that i'm so disappointed you didn't defend him more and be like you know what he served his time that's where i thought you were going and i'm so disappointed you Uh didn't sorry i was ready to jump all over your ass that was creepy i shouldn't have done that how about aj Przinsky? i heard him on with kaplan hood today talking about how no okay no 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 fuck he i love aj as the 2005 catcher he was awesome. No, that's Robin Ventura. Like, dude, stop okay. doing that. Stop doing that. That's where that's where I can justify AJ Hinch 
despite all that shit. And actually, and and to go, <laughs> I was not going to go down a I'm going to defend AJ Hinch thing, but I did do a ton do of it. research on it. No, do no, it. Yes, no, do here's, it. But here's what I did because I thought, is he actually like a shit manager? Like, cause I don't, I didn't like. Because I, I, I didn't know all of the details of, like, the investigation. I knew the 2017. I, I didn't remember his role in it, but I knew he was obviously suspended and fired, you know, for a year and all that. And I'm like, fuck, if they hire him, is he going to disappoint? Like, and I guess that that's still unanswered. And I, in 2019, when supposedly they weren't cheating, they went to the ALCS. I don't know how much credit you give a I love manager it. Wait, anyway. I right? love it. I love it. You just immediately <laughs> said supposedly. No, no, no. I no, in 2000. It. Well, but what I'm saying is 2019, they were in the report. They were not accused of cheating in 2019. That's that's why I said supposedly for 20. Did you read the report? Are you? No, that no, deep no, in it? no, no. It was a come on, was, Bill. Come on, Bill. Just give it, was, it to us. I just love defend it. him. I just love defend it. him. No, it was a it was a is it Tom Verducci? Right. I almost want to call him Tim Verducci, which would be amazing. His weird brother probably covers MLS with all the NFC South <laughs> owners. Uh, no, he did. Like I, I Googled. I did a real basic Google AJ Hinch. Uh, I don't even know what it was. And there was an interview with him with Verducci after he got fired and suspended. And I read it and they mentioned. So for no way was I reading the report. I'm way too lazy. But it, Verducci gave a quick Cliff's notes. And I'm like, all right. He didn't uh, – supposedly they didn't – again, I'm saying supposedly did not cheat in 2019. They made it to the ALCS. Do you give him credit for that? Do you take it away? If they hire him – my whole point, Dan, is he even a good manager? That's my whole question because I don't know that answer. Is he good? Is A.J. Hinch actually good? I don't know. Well, I'm currently, this is real time, I'm currently watching the Astros play in the ALCS right now with Dusty Baker as their coach, so I'm saying that doesn't look great for AJ Hinch. Sure, right. <laughs> and I lived the Dusty Baker experience, so and Dusty Baker might also be 78 years <laughs> old at this point. I, I think AJ I Hinch, does AJ Hinch come with his, does he come with his own garbage cans or does he, does he prefer recycling cans for banging on him? What's the method there? I think, um, I don't know. I think he does bring Oscar the grouch though. And just uh, hubba, hubba, hubba in the dugout. I'm going to miss Don Cooper's angry face in the dugout though. I will say that I'm not going to miss his complete lack of giving a fuck about anything since 2005 but i'm gonna miss his dumb face i am that i was i'm glad you brought up don cooper because i'm always curious like i never Sox fans have loved him forever right have you not been in that in that camp i feel like that that i loved him a while ago i did i did yeah but he supposedly like remade esteban loiza and matt thornton and John Garland, but I wonder, a was that even true? And I know recently, like Lucas Giolito, when he's you know he's had a great last two years, like Don Cooper got no credit for that. Giolito went completely out of the organization for both mental and physical health. And I thought, oh. what's the point of Don Cooper then? <laughs> and apparently Rick Thon, Rick Rick Thon, Rick Hahn thought the same thing. I like Rick Thon though. I, we should call him that. <laughs> Yeah, Cooper, I mean, he's just it's just odd to see a 
pitching coach hang on for multiple coaches like that through it through but that's uh, it makes sense to reinsdorf reinsdorf he hangs on to his guys so who's who's hiring this coach who's who's given the final say uh that's the tricky part about that whole organization where it's like they deserve they yeah my god the hams are slapping i can't even speak they deserve kudos for making a quick decision on Ricky Renteria, not like suffering through another playoff disappointment. But the trick is who does have the final say? Is it Jerry Reinsdorf? I assume it is at the end of the day, but I assume that Rick Hahn is the one that has to get approval. Who does Rick Hahn want, I guess, is the question. Is it A.J. Hinch? If it is, I will justify it all day if he brings a title to, to the White Sox. I will. If they win it all with A.J. Hinch, I'm not going to give a fuck. I'm not. I'll say it right now. I'm on the record. They win it all with A.J. Hinch. It'll be a great hire. I love you, as uncomfortable as it will be. Because I, I, I feel uncomfortable about it. I do. I will admit. But I will absolutely justify it if they win it all. I mean, I'll give you another free. Don't feel bad if they hire him. The cheating shit, everyone fucking cheats. And I mean, I convinced myself that Javi Baez was cheating, and now they couldn't watch video this year, hitting the ball, and you can't hit anymore. So everyone fucking cheats, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. But I'm gonna throw some jokes in here and there about Good. banging on garbage cans. Do as, it as as you know, and then you can just throw it in my face, right? I mean, I would. And and so we're talking about who who's has the final say. Rick Hahn, his his quote, his press conference, like legitimately all but said A.J. Hinch is his guy, right? Yeah, that's how I read it for sure. I'm going to be shocked if it's anybody else, unless A.J. Hinch doesn't want to come here. And there's going to be, are there any other open jobs right now? Or Uh, The only one I know of for sure is the Tigers. So if he truly wants to come back this year, right, it would be White Sox over Tigers. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, no, I think they're in a good spot and I, I was shocked that they got rid of Re- Renteria. I mean, he, he fucked himself so hard in that last game that I think they had no, no, no other choice. Yeah, I agree. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank I just, uh, is Kenny Williams involved at all in this stuff? He must have some, I, I still feel like his title is higher than, than Rick Hahn, but I do feel like it's Rick Hahn's ball club now getting rid of Renteria. I do. And I I was as shocked as, as you were that they actually did it. That felt so non-Reinsdorfian. Ronsdorf again. Hams are slapping. But God bless the White Sox. So, you know what? I'm glad that you're admitting to being a troll. That makes me feel a little bit better. Um that's fine because really a lot of the flack going the White Sox way like preemptively already if they get AJ Hinch I have noticed is very Cubs based which is totally fine I like it yeah let's get that rivalry hot again baby it's all fun but it's it's fun until the Sox win like 95 games and just shove it in the Cubs face and Mm. I I just hope he's actually a good manager I don't know I don't I don't know that here's what's gonna happen if you hire AJ Hinch. I'm just gonna throw a few jokes in there, but deep down, I don't, I don't hate that team. If you hire Tony Larusa, I will oh. fucking hate the Sox with a passion. <laughs> I will, fu- I want him to lose every fucking game. So there's no in between for me in those two. If Larusa is your coach, which would be 
hilarious. It would that be. would be so funny. Yes. I, I will, but I will legitimately wish for 162 losses, and That's I won't fair. feel bad about it. Honestly, I I could not blame anybody, even non Cubs fans. Like Tony Larusa is such a douchebag. Like he is to me. I look at him as Rick Pitino Senior in a way, like that same kind of guy, just banging at La Marinella's, ditching his whole family. Like I I would I'd have a very hard time supporting him until he wins the 2021 World Series as the White Sox manager and then I would justify it all day long. You don't there I would you go. I would get a Tony Larusa jersey. Do they sell manager jerseys cuz maybe they should. And which one would you buy? I feel like I've seen Joe Madden Cubs jerseys over the years. Weird. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Is that not as bad as Eddie Vedder Cubs jerseys that mm. I've seen. How fucking lame are you? You're buying a uh, a Pearl Jam fucking Cubs jersey. Get out of here. Get out of my face. Oh, yeah, so you asked which manager jersey would I buy? Yes. Um, uh, I'd probably buy a throwback Don Zimmer Cubs jersey. Oh, yeah. Great call. How about you? I same vein. I'd do a Don Zimmer jersey, but it'd be the Rangers. <laughs> what a what a dude. What a red ass. I mean, wouldn't basically hiring Tony Larusa be like hiring Don Zimmer? Like, aren't they the same age? I, I think Don Zimmer's dead, but he's been gone a while. Yeah, right. I feel like similar. Somebody was joking on the radio today, like. Why not hire Jack McKeon or uh, who was the, <laughs> the smoky guy that was the Marlins and Tigers guy? Jim Leland. Leland, like this, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, is I Leland dead? Leland's not dead yet? I don't think he is. Are That's cigarettes shocking. good for you? I'm starting to think they might be. I might need to get involved. <laughs> you want to start smoking cigs together, Bill? Let's do it. If the White Sox hire Tony Larusa, you and I will start smoking cigs. Here's all right. Let's make this. Let's let's agree on this. If the Sox hire Tony Larusa, you and I will get together and sit and smoke a. We'll split a pack of cigs together. All right. Neither one of us smoke. It will be painful. Yeah. But I. Let's do it, all right? Let's do it, and let's make it... I This decision is going to happen soon, it, it feels like, so it'll be probably by uh, Grease Tank's fight okay. with Barstool, so it would be that night. You and I are splitting a pack of Marlboros, <laughs> just chain-smoking, unfiltered. I'm way too soft for that, probably, but I don't, let's yeah. make it happen. All right, I'm in. I'm in. Let's agree to that. Bob don't Nightingale, hire. you're on the oh. clock. <laughs> You're on the clock. Bob Nightingale. And if it doesn't happen, what an embarrassment Bob Nightingale is. And he, he already is. But that would, like, doubling down on that is hilarious. It better not be true. He knows who he is. He knows he's that guy who just says crazy shit, and he doesn't care the backlash. He doesn't – I'm guessing he doesn't see or hear any of it. He just puts that shit out there and then goes and jerks off all day. <sighs> He, I remember him as the big Dusty Baker is receiving a lot of uh, hate mail as the Cubs manager, and some of it was racist. 
That's that's one of the first things I think of with Bob Nightingale. Like, really? Was that happening? Maybe it was, but yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. I'm sure it probably was, unfortunately. But but fuck off, Bob Nightingale. You suck. <laughs> you suck. Anything else for the outro, buddy? I think I'm good, man. This has been fun. This has been fun. I had a lot of laughs. The uh, the Charlotte sex story crushed me. Absolutely crushed me. So thank you for that. Absolutely. No, happy to share it. Get it off my chest. It's been a number of years, and I'm glad to share it with everybody. Thank you, Coach Cuse, for helping put together the New Bears Victory Song and uh, that you heard at the very beginning of this show. You'll hear a tiny bit in the outro as well. Thank you so much, Coach Cuse. You're very talented, and we love you. See you next episode. Go Bears. Huzzah, dogs. Oh, one, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, one yeah, more yeah, thing. Yeah. One more thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, this Sunday is Beasle's birthday. She's going to be Ooh. 70. Then we're going to watch the Bears game together outside, socially distanced. Take it easy, J.B. Pritzker. Happy birthday, Beasle. I hope you never hear this because I say a lot of weird stuff and you'll want to disown me. But happy birthday, Beasle. Go Bears. See you next episode. We're going to be five and one. Go Bears. Boom. Happy birthday, Beasle. We love you. Zero dykes. Hubba, hubba.